Welcome to Whack or Slaps, where we look back into the annals of 2000s indie music to determine if an album or a band or an entire musical movement was actually good or just a product of the hype machine of its time. And like all great podcasts, this is a direct spinoff of an unhinged group text that simply refuses to die. All right, up next, we got my co-host. I don't know what the fuck they are or what they look like. I hope their mouths don't stink. <laughs> Hey, how's it going? I'm Noah, the wild man, a.k.a. the vile man, a.k.a. the child man, a.k.a. the riled man, a.k.a. the riled man. <laughs> a.k.a. Uh, the producer, a.k.a. I'm pro indie rock. Just give me indie rock. Hey, what the fuck? Oh, no, <laughs> stepping on lines. Jacking my steez, bro. Stole, stolen valor. <clears throat> well, uh, I am the producer, Adrian, and uh, just give me indie rock in the immortal words of Lou Barlow, as Noah just so uh, casually stole from me. Yeah. I'm the villain. And... <laughs> oh, nice. On theme. Keeping it topical. And I am your host with Mystique, Caleb. And uh, welcome to this is episode nine. Woo. Off Hell the yeah. hills of what I think is probably one of our, our better ones that MIA one fucking slapped. Listen to it today, all the way through. I was captivated. A lot of like twists and turns, nooks and crannies. It was a very robust episode. We should be very proud of ourselves. Good job, guys. Should we end it on a high <laughs> note? Yeah. That's all, folks. Yep. This is just us signing off. So nine. Let's think here. Number nine. Number nine. Number nine Beatles song that you can go ahead and skip, never listen yeah. to again. You know, that but movie? It, it is it is relevant nine, to, nine the to, movie yeah. to today's episode because that's like a sound collage, one of the first like popular sound collages, you know, that came out. And yeah, what we're not covering today good. kind of up employs those elements. No, it sucks. It's it's wasteful. <laughs> What's the movie nine? Uh it's like a musical with um What's his name's in it? Uh, Annie D. Lewis, bro. Daniel Day. Oh shit! Like nine, the letter nine. <laughs> oh, the uh... the number nine. What is a nine? That's my impersonation of Daniel Day. The Ninth Gate. Too. That's what that guy. He's like such a great actor, but he has like a thing where he just pushes his words. Like that's like his acting style. Like he does it for like. He's like, I am an oil man. I will come with my workers, build up the town. Or like Lincoln, he's like, now, 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 we must get this amendment ratified. He goes full method. He goes full method. Full smells like shit. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He makes shoes. He's a foot guy. All right. Speaking of foot guys, Noah. (laughs) <laughs> the fuck are we doing uh today man we got a good one for you guys out there and gals you guys and gals do people still say gals <laughs> no i think that's cancelable remember my grandpa always said gal oh that's that gal um but anyways we got mad villain 
And the album is Mad Villainy from 2004. And of course, I don't need to tell you guys this, but Mad Villain is MF Doom and Mad Lib. Finally, the two minds came together. East Coast, West Coast, baby. Hell yeah. Nice. Uh, R.I.P. Doom. Yes, MF. This the might be our first uh, our first episode where we're uh, covering um, a group departed. where there's somebody's departed, no longer with us. Hmm. Yeah, uh, Deer Hoof has a couple dead members. Yes, that is right. Or Deer Hunter, Deer Hunter, Deer Hunter does. <laughs> you did it again. You did it again. Damn you it. did it again. Well, <laughs> R.I.P. to them. I, I didn't realize that. One of them died in like a skateboarding accident. Oh right, but I think that was before that album came out. Yeah, oh, I think one of the songs was written about, or maybe yeah. been. It was a friend that died. Maybe we just uh, the skate. The it was like their old bassist died on a skateboard accident. Yep. One of them should died. We just, like should we just run that album ago. back? Should we just do it again? <laughs> okay, today we have two episode Hunter seven. Cryptid from <laughs> the revisionism. Two thousand seven. I was reminded a lot of that album listening to this because I was like, oh wait, this is good music, and that is. <laughs> bad music you know i was reminded a lot of architecture in helsinki but like how to do it correctly how to be like all choppy choppy yeah yeah this is how you do a like kind of scatter brain whatever you uh, want like psychedelia yeah sample delica and actually the beatles that goes for you too this is how you do (laughs) psychedelia i will say crazy this shit. record better than any record the beatles put out i'll i'll put that oh, up. oh, oh love yeah it. no no no. that's like easily yeah i love it easily and i bet the two like artists who are central to this had access to way better drugs than any band <laughs> that we have covered so far i bet you Mad like Lib the is finest beatles, sense of mia i bet you Mad Lib's <laughs> a beatles dude yeah i think that i think he is actually into like, all like the an everything stuff. dude but yeah, yeah, I think he really appreciates Wunderkin. He 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 knows it all. He does it all. Yeah, he had very Catholic taste. All right, Adrian. For sure. What did those idiots over at Pitchfork have to say? <clears throat> well, those Poindexters got this one right. They gave Pitch it a nine point four. Uh, a nine point four, which you know, pretty fucking great. It got a best new music, of course. It was reviewed by Raleigh Pemberton also known as Cadence Weapon. I don't know if you remember him. He was a he was kind of a minor rapper back in the day. Um, and Nick Sylvester. Uh, and I pulled this. This is from the <clears throat> kind of a sum up paragraph at the end of the, of the review. Wait, was it a Matt, collabo review? Yeah, it was a collabo review. This Did they do that on is purpose? Obnoxious, Caleb. Did you read it? It's like hard. <laughs> no, I try. Not, I, guess, I try not to subject myself to those I, sorts of things. I guess they're going. F- they're going Adrian for has the- more intestinal fortitude that i had to they're going for the vibe of the album itself like it's kind of like a chopped up review it's like Mm -hmm. oh very similar to the uh the live at the village vanguard review that ryan forever did (laughs) uh really channeling the era (laughs) anyway sorry we digress as always Uh, yeah we'll uh, striber we'll uh we'll we'll touch on that maybe (laughs) subscribe We'll touch on that maybe at a later date, but uh, here's yeah, here's should. the here's the excerpt from um, the review, and I'll agree. No, it is a little bit obnoxious, but like after I got through it, I was like, all right, I get, I kind of get it, because um, yeah, he kind of breaks it up with uh, lines harmless. from the record and stuff and, and comments. But here's the excerpt: <clears throat> Mad Villainy is inexhaustibly brilliant with layer upon layer of carefully considered yet immediate hip hop. 
forward thinking, but always close to its roots. Madlib and Doom are individually at their most refined here, and together they've created one of the most exciting blockbuster alliances in the underground to date. Good luck finding a better hip hop album this year, mainstream, undie, or otherwise. Undie. Yeah. Yeah, undie. I don't like that at all. As a <laughs> short short for that's underground. Dis- that's disgusting. <laughs> underground uh, but indie. To be to be, you know, they they Pitchfork always did that shit around the, this time, trying to throw new slang and do all kinds of weird shit just to be obnoxiously, you know, kind of esoteric. And um, but you know, I think that that pretty much sums up the record. It is kind of this. You kind of hinted at it earlier. No, it's kind of this meeting of of fucking two titans. You know, We're, you know, I just watched uh, Kong Godzilla. This is kind of like that. It's like these two <laughs> Dude, big monsters. That, you know, I watched that last night. Hell yeah. I was entertained the whole time. It's a good movie, man. It's yeah, it's, uh, but it, um, it, it was simultaneously critical of American imperialism, but also said like we have to rely on it to like exploit like an indigenous child to oh, yeah. like communicate <laughs> with a beast, and so she has like subhuman abilities, and she's all like mystical and things. So I mean, that and was, of course she has literally trash. has no voice of her own. Right, uh, right, right. <laughs> so that part's yeah, that part. But the monsters beating each other up, that was pretty fun. Also, the fights were killer. Yeah, and and uh, and there was a little cameo from Ghidra, King Ghidra. So yeah, um, I'm more of a fan of the uh, 1967 Kong versus Godzilla. You're a big Toho head over there. Toho, Toho. Yeah, this is uh, Noah, aka Mister Criterion. <laughs> <laughs> Noah well, actually I, says I just Gojira. prefer the original the original yeah, 1956 Gojira. film <laughs> Gojira yeah. yeah Noah says it like that <laughs> you'll never catch him slipping yeah and um, I like the original Gojira none of that Raymond Burr American dubbed bullshit learn how to fucking read alright subtitles <laughs> uh, well I'll agree with that one actually uh, but yeah. anyways yeah. let's Shout get in a little bit Juno. of um a little bit of background to this uh, this record. So it was recorded between 2003 and 2004, produced by Madlib, of course, the you know fucking prolific and amazing producer. It was released by Stone's Throw Record. Which Shout is out Nardcore. <laughs> hell yeah, Nard uh, eight hundred five baby. Stone's Throw, uh, which is a pretty killer fucking record. Uh, I haven't really checked in with him lately, but there's definitely put out a bunch of you know classics that i i've listened to and i'm sure you guys have listened to uh it's the first mad villain record the the first meeting of these two the record itself the most of the beats were recorded on a trip to brazil that madlib took using kind of bare bones equipment he basically just bought like crates of records and just dug through them to to find samples he was actually on that trip with a couple of other djs i think cut cut copy was on or uh yeah chemist Cut chemist, yeah. Sorry, um, YouTube uh, Madlib cut chemist uh, DJ battle. It's fantastic. Nice, nice. I, there's another clip Would of uh, Butter Wolf being that crew too. I don't think he was on this trip to Brazil, but he's the yeah. He's oh. he's kind of the, the record head honcho, or uh, one of them. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, so the uh, he's in Brazil. He has a SP three hundred three sampler a turntable and a tape deck and he's just cranking out these beats and so at some point doom after his kind of first couple records were released on um i forget the record label's name now but the bobito uh fondulum records fondulum that's right yeah thanks no <laughs> um after that record label oh, that folded, wouldn't get by in 
2021. He yeah. says something about they would need a fond- rebrand. On this record, he has a line about they're not worth fondling. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> he calls it back. Let's check. But, himself. Uh, That's good. After that label folded, he basically disappeared for a little bit, which is kind of doom. He was wanting yeah. to do that a lot. He was dealing with depression. I mean, the man's brother died tragically. So, yeah. So, to get a little bit into that, basically, in the early 90s, Doom was in a, a rap crew with his brother uh, and another guy called KMD. A great, great classic rap group. Put out a couple of really amazing records. And uh, yeah, tragically, um, is it Subrock? Was that his brother or was yeah, it? Yeah. Uh, so KMD was Zevlov, Zevlov X is MF Doom's name. And then Subrock was his, was his brother. And then they had a third member called Onyx. Yeah. So, and then, and then tragically, Doom's brother died. The group kind of fell apart. He got dropped by the label and he disappeared. And yeah, he, he suffered from depression and, and, you know, he suffered from that loss for, I think probably for the rest of his life up until, you know, his recent passing. So around 2001, he's, he's chilling, uh, I think in the Midwest somewhere. And some, one of the um, stones throw label's buddies passes a CD of instrumentals to doom uh, on behalf of the label and saying like, Hey, check this out. This is Mad Lib stuff you know let us know if you like it and so doom listened to him he really loved them and he's like yo i want to i want to work with this guy can you what can we do uh doom's people eventually get in contact with stone's throw they they make this demand of like we want fifteen hundred dollars we want a plane ticket and we want to go you know go to la and then record this and so stone's throw is basically broke because they're an indie label so of course they have no money uh, but they're like, fuck it, we got to do this because it's Doom, um, who was already at this point, you know, pretty well known in the underground. And yeah. uh, Victor Vaughn ca- was a year before this. Yeah, you, you mean yeah, the so, underground? <laughs> the, the underground, yeah. So, um, but we'll uh, we'll touch on that in, in just a second. But uh, so they end up getting the money together. They get Doom over, and uh, there's this funny story of like immediately Doom goes to meet Madlib. And Doom's manager goes to the label and is like hitting him up for money, like just immediately is like, Get, where's the cash? You know, if you want Doom to, to do this, blah, blah, blah. We want the money. And the label, the label dude was like, shit, like I can't, <laughs> I can't let Doom walk because of money. So I'm just going to distract his manager here lo- long enough for Doom and Madlib to chill so that they kind of vibe together and <laughs> And uh, and it ended up working. Like he he distracted the man, like the manager, long enough to where Mad Lube and Doom were like, "Fuck, this is we we got some chemistry here. Let's do it." So they ended up doing like a, a kind of a, a handshake contract. Basically, they signed on a paper plate, and uh, they got they got it going. And this was yeah in 2002. Basically, the the next year they when they started recording all this stuff, you know, Mad Lib has like over a hundred beats that he's created over a couple of weeks, and uh, you know he's he's passing them to doom and they're collaborating but uh at some point this these early kind of demos that they put together leak and this is kind of you know what probably one of the the biggest leaks around this time i'd say um i definitely remember you know hearing about it um i don't know if i ever listened to that leaked version back then um but you can listen to it now i think stone's throw put it out uh, a few years after that happened 
but that kind of put a wrench in the, everything and and both doom and mad lib are kind of like fuck you know if they if it's out there already like we're kind of fucked maybe we should just focus on our own things and, and for now and whatever so they they kind of break up and put out you know their own stuff like you're saying uh no doom put out victor vaughn he put out Vaudeville i think the villain. the the king Ghidra record which is also a fucking killer uh, I think Madlib put together the the Jay Dilla uh, collaboration champion Shout sound. Out Godzilla, King Ghidorah. But then eventually they're like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's just get back together. Put put some polish on these songs. Fucking finish it up and and just put it out. Um, so they they convene in the uh, uh, at Madlib's uh, studio, which is in an underground bomb shelter in Mount Washington in L.A. Uh, and basically, uh, what I, from what I read, they, they spent all this time drinking beers, taking shrooms, eating Thai food, smoking weed, and just chilling. And yeah, I heard shrooms and Hennessy was like the the daily diet, and it fucking you can hear it on this <laughs> fucking thing. Can we? Uh, For sure. Can we? Henceforth, can we refer to that as like doom tripping? Yeah, shrooms Hennessy and, and shrooms. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, like candy yeah. flipping but <laughs> in honor of doom yeah um uh, yeah so so do you think he ever did yak and bong water like he talks about do you oh think that boy. ever went down uh, accidentally radon <laughs> yeah, yeah wow i just that's... watched commando the other day too to keep it all uh topical shout out radon chong um so yeah that's kind of that so as you guys are saying like yeah it definitely sounds like that's that's what was going on when they were recording this and Badlib describes it as kind of like this sort of telepathic thing where they didn't really talk but you know just just chilling and working on the music they kind of had this synergy and so and actually if you listen to that original demo version like doom's vocals are a little, a little more energetic and yeah, a little bit it, more adrian isn't it known as like the hyped uh vocals that's like kind of what that uh, yeah version is called it's called like the hype vocal because he's more doing like the doomsday where he's a yeah. little bit faster a little bit like kind of victor vaughn style a little bit more in your face yeah exactly i forget i think it was peanut butter wolf but he was basically like you know he had this kind of energetic abrasive kind of sound going and then when they came back he switched it to kind of a more laid back, laid back, relaxed kind of thing, uh, which actually I think fits the songs a lot better. It really fits the vibe a lot better. And, you know, it actually became kind of a signature doom thing where he's kind of more in the, in the lower draw of the, of the later doom stuff. Uh, I should say it's not because of course the your operation doomsday is in that kind of upper gear and it's fucking great. So they, you know, they, they record this record, you know, Mad Lib, finds a bunch of stuff from Brazilian music, from jazz, from soul, from Indian music. He puts together all these off kilter, you know, beats, uh, dooms putting together these fucking free associative flows that, you know, he's using all kinds of act like literary devices, uh, yeah, you know, multi-syllable sure. internal rhymes, alliteration, assonance, you know, holler rhymes, like all these things that are like, yeah. uh you know poetic devices and he's he just does like that third that third person thing but it's like a greek chorus where it's like the legend <laughs> of doom is being spoken about by other people but it's like still him you know like he like quotes other people like within the song like 
it's cool like his if you just read these rhymes there it's very like it sounds like constructed sentences where it's like little asides and quotations it's he he pulls out all the stops on this thing yeah it's just it's it's an incredible piece of work on both ends i mean the beats are just top notch the rhymes when you're saying like you're saying the illusions the references it's you know it's funny it's it's interesting it makes you know there's there's some lines you're like oh shit that's fucking hilarious but there's other stuff they're like damn that's like deep it's it's fucking it 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 is probably doom's masterwork i will say that i think most people would consider it i think it is yeah yeah Uh, um. i i love vaudeville villain because i think i heard that first so it's just Mm -hmm. hard to like yeah that might have more like bangers in a way on it you know like and i love the candy um, or just like hotter singles but like as a full like piece of published art like yeah yeah mad villain might be might be his shining gem amongst like a thousand other like just incredibly wonderful things that he did if we're talking about the internet age and underground undie hip-hop this is yes, the document get it right that will last the test of time where a lot of this shit i think will fall by the wayside yeah I, yeah i, I mean it agree. makes like whatever like that broad term of like underground hip-hop backpack rap sometimes called pejoratively all that it just makes like 99.9 percent of that shit just seem fucking quaint yeah and i think and the other the other underground unnecessary I think the other underground hip hop from hip hop album from the 2000 that will also stand the test of time would be Quasimodo, Mad Libs, Alter the Ego, The Unseen. unseen so, yeah. so the fact that these two guys yeah. got together at the height of their powers and pretty much took a whole, you know, kind of vague genre, it is just a hip hop record after all. Like, yeah, ground stuff is just a dumb label, but they took. Totally what everybody else was trying to do and what they had been doing. And they just fucking elevated it to like, you can't touch this album. Yeah. And, and it's total meta meta textual too. Like you, you could see them like poking fun at tropes in rap and things yeah. too. And, and like, R&B and, and R&B and like all, film noir. It out. <laughs> like yeah. It's just like, it, but just to do it that much swagger and just like just competency i don't know it's like it's 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 kind of hard to talk about because it's just like it's just so overwhelmingly good and like all there's so many pieces that just create this like just this beautiful portrait of that time and of both yeah. of their immense talents and it's yeah, yeah. Caleb, we've been recording for 20 minutes i say for the next 50 let's just play the whole album in its entirety <laughs> yeah i think it's 47 minutes <laughs> no, we'll take a we'll take a knee on this no, we're gonna one. take a break <laughs> in fact if you're listening to this now just just stop yeah, here pause. and go yeah dude, go don't. listen to the whole record yeah. yeah mom mom if you're listening <laughs> stop jogging or keep jogging but throw on that mad villain album you'll like it you'll it's like on it. spotify yeah <laughs> Put it on for dad too. I think I think dad would dig it. He'd like all the oh, literary references. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it, it, just to, to kind of uh that's a nice segue um to to finish off this because I know we're we're giving it a lot of praise here, but it did immediately sort of become this critically acclaimed thing where all these publications put it on the end of the year list. All these publications are like, holy shit, this is like the best hip hop record, not just the best, you know, underground hip hop record, but yeah. the best 
hip hop record of the year. Of the decade, yeah. And then yes, and then later it became best of the decade, best of uh, best of the 21st century, best of best three. of all time as well. I think it's number three on the Pitchfork best of the 2000s. And I, this is the album that would show up on like the fucking squares over at Rolling Stone. They would even like shout out this album as like a best of the decade. Yeah, I was gonna say they added it to the best, uh, the top 500 or whatever their yeah. their thing is. And so did NME and a lot of other kind of big publications have called it, you know, one of the best of its time and of all time. And, you know, it's hard about, to disagree what with. What about it. Metal Hammer? What about Metal Hammer? Did Metal <laughs> I, Hammer put it on there? I didn't pull that one, but uh, <laughs> I'm sure that they were uh, full of praise for this one. Buddy, or, or Buddy Pit. Head. Buddy <laughs> Head loved the shit out of this thing. Yeah. Oh, rest in peace, Buddy. Is BuddyHead.com? R.I.P. That? that IP is just sitting there. We should take it over. No, I think actually, I think the Buddyhead guy was trying to bring it back a few years ago. So uh, I think I think it's still around, kicking. They seem like the Buddyhead. The Icarus line guy or the other yeah. dude? Uh, I think it was. Uh, I think it was the other dude. They seem like they would have had like a Bon Appetit style reckoning with their toxic. <laughs> yeah. <community>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It seems like they got canceled as probably early as like 2003, and they did like. To get canceled in 2003, you really fucking yeah. had to like go for it. An Icarus line, they have like five good songs. That's about it. <laughs> the best thing they ever did, hands down, live was smash a case and grab Stevie Ray Vaughan's guitar and try to play it live. Wait, that's have you Icarus ever seen that line? video? Yeah, that's the Icarus line. Oh, <laughs> the dude, shit. Aaron Icarus, takes a mic stand. <laughs> they're playing in san antonio at a hard rack cafe or something and it's like the like the display it's like the you know it's the yeah, attraction the of back that of place. the stage yeah yeah and he smashes and he gets rushed by security and just keeps rocking out it's it's fucking beautiful rock nice. and roll baby yeah rock and roll okay uh let's keep rocking and rolling um do you think we covered enough you know background on uh who doom was who madlib was how this yeah. album I think people know who MF Doom was, you know, he's yeah, yeah, for himself, really, his history and Definitely. Madlib. He's, he's Madlib a very, is, he's a very singular, uh, you know, person in the Madlib's world of music. California legend. Yeah, prolific. Totally, prolific. I don't even know how that guy like. Oh, dude, I heard an there. interview or read an interview with Madlib, and he was talking about how prolific he is. And it was like the day in the life of Madlib. And he's like, yeah, I wake up, go to like a local coffee shop, get like an espresso, roll up a blunt. And then I make like seven beats by like noon. He's like, so he's like, so any Madlib beat that you hear is usually like five years old. Cause that's how strong my back catalog <laughs> is. He's Jesus. like, he's like, I'll sleep on a beat for like five years before I put it out there. Dude, if it works, keep it going, you know? Yeah, he's a routine. cool fucking guy. Madlib. Yeah, by all yeah. accounts, he seems like a, like just like a humble, like passionate, like a true artist, really. Yeah. He started doing these tape-only uh, DJ sets, too, in L.A., which I appreciate as a, as a tape collector. That'd be cool to check out. Hell yeah. Anyways, right. enough about Madlib. Let's, uh, let's go into... Our um our backgrounds with this how this uh, album came into our lives and enriched it. Adrian, start us off. 
Yeah, so this one was actually a Best Buy purchase. And I, I have a very specific memory of this one because uh, it was such a like kind of, I don't know, it was, it was a, uh, one of those moments where you experience art for the first time and it's kind of just like blows your mind. And yeah. so like, I, I remember exactly how it happened. It's like my mom had to run some errands. I just happened to have an extra 20 bucks for some reason. I guess I hadn't bought any weed that week or whatever. No. <laughs> um, your lunch money that your mom yeah. slaved away. The weed guy wasn't calling you back. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> we go to Best Buy and I, I, I don't know even, I don't remember if I intentionally wanted to get this, but I ended up buying this. And I put it on in the car. Like my mom was, I don't know, paying bills or whatever. And we were parked uh, over by Target. And uh, I just remember I was in the car. I slip it in and the, into the CD player. And, you know, it loads up and I'm like, all right, well, what's, what's going to. And then it plays. And that first song is like, oh, OK, this is interesting. It's kind of weird and has like kind of a, <laughs> you know, kind of a pastiche kind of vibe. And. I was like, yeah. all right, that's cool. And then the second song hits and I'm like, oh, this is like, this is genius. Like, this is something else. Like, this is better than I could have even expected. And, you know, I, I ended up listening to that whole thing. and like just sitting there in that car. I don't know. My mom must have been, you know, in, in line for a half hour. And I got through most of the record and I was just blown away and I immediately loved it. And, you know, after that, it I became kind of bet you wish you would have that at 20 bucks, though, to have some weed to listen to it properly. <laughs> Yeah, I must have at some point. I must have gotten some and, and done it on proper. And this album became, is a roll the <laughs> roll the joint while you put on the first three songs, and then like smoke the joint for like four songs, and then just fuck, you're in it. It's like and that. just be high. Yeah, just ride, just ride it, and then follow yeah. that up with some some Hennessy, just to keep yourself level. Yeah, fuck it, call the set dude. your levels, secure the bag. Yeah, <laughs> EQ yourself, baby. <laughs> Um, yeah. but it, it became a kind of a staple of my, of, of my listening. And when I got a car later on, it was definitely a center console, console disc where it was always in there. And so, cause it, this record, like you could literally put it on at any time. Like I would go in driving to class in the morning at eight in the morning, I'd put it on or getting home from work at six in the evening and, and the sun's coming down and you're, you know, and you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm hitting the joint and I'm just driving and it's like, perfect. Or at late night, you know, you're fucking working on something or you're, you know, you're just chilling. It, it works in so many ways. And, and uh, at that time it, it was kind of that for me. I was, it was always kind of sort of uh, the, Quincy Jones famously once said that, kind of blue is his orange juice and like he listens to it every morning kind of thing nice. oh, and nice. i think this can kind of be like that where it's kind of a beyond sort of a, a regular listening experience but it's something that you can kind of just like as almost uh, nourishment sounds i don't know pretentious or something but it is kind of like that like it feeds you feeds your soul in a way because it is so like vibey and so good that like it just makes you feel good and yeah. I think that's why it became so, you know, such a big part of my, my life at that point. Uh, I just, yeah, I loved it. And it was, it was immediate for me. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Um, yeah. Noah would have this album drop Yeah, in, I the had life, the, in the life of Noah. I have the exact same feeling that Adrian had. I mean, partly because I was in the backseat of his mom's car when we were <laughs> at that Target. And I was like, turn it up, homie. Can I smoke in here? And you're like, no, nah, no. Nah. I was like, let's fucking. Like, I'll run out. errands with you and your mom. That sounds like fun. 
Let's walk around the corner, smoke behind the target. But uh, I no, I remember. Bust. Don't do that, people. I remember the exact uh, moment that I heard this album. I was in San Diego. Me and uh, shout out uh, Nasty Nate. We had uh, driven down from uh, and a couple other friends. Our homie Casey was from San Diego. And we had driven down from Santa Cruz on like a crazy weekend, like a long weekend. And uh, we stayed in Ocean Beach, San Diego at a friend of uh, my homie Nate's. And we were sitting in there. It was like a you know shitty little apartment. And uh, this you homie. You had a fight with a sailor at some point? <laughs> no, nah, this is Ocean Beach. Oh, then that's that, not the truth. It wasn't oh, that specific beach. PB right? bullshit. Uh, okay. <laughs> this is more uh, mellow. Yeah, Ocean Beach is actually a cool town. It's like if Santa Maria had a beach. <laughs> but um, Guadalupe, so, it wasn't in the goddamn way. Yeah, it does have Main Street Beach. <laughs> but um, shout out the windiest beach in the fucking world. The true windy city, Guadalupe, <laughs> California. Guadalupe. <laughs> oh yeah, many uh, may, many a tall can and then fucking getting whipped in the face by and your hand. Your hand is like frozen. Yeah. to your tall can. You can barely drink. It's like the like, one shit. place you can't smoke weed. Yeah. Shout out, uh, Abernathy. <laughs> like, guitar. like literally can't. Not like oh, there's cop. There's like literally, it's impossible. <laughs> no, no. There's like barely any cops out there. You have to wait <laughs> like, for the train to roll by to block the wind so you can yeah. smoke weed. <laughs> Um, but, uh, shout yeah, out it's the- an elaborate set of like people's hoodies and things like yeah. just creating like a little wind barrier and then shout you have to like switch places for the next person to smoke shout out Guad. It's a, it's an ordeal. shout out guadalupe shout out uh la sympathia shout out adrian's mom shout out the primo abernathy guitars check them out on instagram all right um but anyways i was in san diego and the friend's house that we were staying at, their homie rolled through. And he was older, which is always weird. Like when you're like 18, 19, he was probably like 25. Like, <laughs> he seemed like he, oh, oh, he's an old head, you know? Yeah. He's but, an old head. <laughs> yeah. He's this old skateboarder dude. And I, I'll never forget this because he was skating. Let me break it down for you. This is real hip hop. Do you guys remember? <laughs> well, you bling, guys- bling bullshit. Yeah, he wasn't like that, but you know, um, oh, be a lot cooler. You guys remember was. the skater Sean Sheffy? He was like a big, he was like a big deal San Diego skateboarder dude. But yeah, anyways, it was it was the two of them. They were like skating, and they showed up at the apartment complex, and uh, the dude rolled through. We were watching a basketball game, I believe. We were watching the Lakers, and dude rolled through. And he was like, hey, you guys like Mad Lib? You guys like MF Doom? And I was like, yeah, Mad Lib. Fucking Loot Pack, right? Mad Lib. Wasn't he Loot Pack? Yeah. Yeah. That was one and of I was his like, many. Yeah. I was like, and then I was like, yeah, Quaz, Quasimodo, Lord Quaz. And I was like, MF Doom. And actually, I was more familiar with Mad Lib than MF Doom at the time. Hmm. I knew uh, Victor Vaughn, the vaudeville villain, because my brothers had that album. So I think I would have heard it like just the year prior and i was like hell yeah i knew i know those guys he's like fuck yeah check this shit out and we were taking bong loads and just passing the bong around and he put this on and like the first song is so it, it's kind of off kilter where it's like it it feels like it's 
like a, a like a cosmic radio where you're like yeah hitting, <laughs> hitting these transmissions from outer space you know it's it's on that sun raw vibe where it's like music yeah. is comes from all levels and it's a frequency that can travel through time and space and then, and then right and then they had the whole comic book vibe where it, it felt like you were tapping into like a secret radio uh transmission or whatever and it was like oh, okay okay and then an accordion comes in and it's so woozy and like holy shit and then you hear the literal accordion in the yeah and then you hear yeah. doom <laughs> just like... come in and just fucking kills it but the music is so weird because it it, it it almost like it never like catches momentum. The whole thing catches a momentum, but from song to song, it's always like keeping you at bay where it, it, it stops and starts. It, it takes time to be funny. It takes time to have these skits. It takes time to reference like the, the culture that's referenced on this album from jazz to, you know, cartoons to movies to video games, video games, hip hop history, you know, weed. Like, weed like you know it's just it's so evocative and it, it and i remember just sitting there and just be like dude this is the shit like this is the real deal weirdo fucking rap music like this is this yeah. like this does not disappoint i love the quasimodo feature i love the victor vaughn feature like it just it really like it's dense, but it's also like I can listen to this album over and over again. Like as soon as it's done, you can put it back on. Like it's that. I mean, it's twenty-two songs in forty-six minutes, and that was another thing at the time. I was so used to you know, southern rap was so huge. Like dance rap songs were so huge. I, don't know, I was used to more or like the boom bap or like the gangster rap style where it had hooks and choruses. And this was just like deconstruction version of all that deconstructed version where it didn't have hooks and choruses and every song kind of made you want more because it, it like seemed to cut off. Like it has this um, ramshackle vibe that like, and then yeah, like what we've been talking about, you know, like the Beatles and stuff, it has a real psychedelic thing that like few albums ever actually like this album actually feels like how mushrooms feel like, like it, <laughs> where it's like the attention. Allegedly. Span, yeah. Alleged, <laughs> the attention span is all over the place, but like it's deep and in depth and layered and has all those instrumentals. And uh, it's a true collaboration. Like Mad Lib gets his time to shine and doom obviously gets his time to shine. And uh, yeah, it just hit me right away. And then eventually I got the album. I bought the copy of the album and I just, I listened to this thing all the time. And to this day, like this week, I listened to it like three times in one day, like on my headphones walking around. It's such good headphone record. Like it hits so hard and Doom's lyrics are just like out of this world. He's like a freight train. He just can't be stopped. Like every every verse every lyric is perfect like it's so clever yeah, it's, and dense. it's like it's like par excellence it's like and i want to jump ahead my my turn or jump like my like no go ahead go ahead Kevin, go now ahead. but go ahead do your reaction now or your your i mean but your, it's like uh do your history do your it's history. it's like john it's like john coltrane where you're just hearing something that's 
just like somebody at the peak of their fucking abilities but also knowing they have so much left in their reservoir yeah it's just like fucking yeah it's it's insane but um no do you have any more uh no do yours on it do yours kevin yeah, I think this this is a classic case of being uh, blaster cursed with older siblings. Um, and you know, me and Noah's case, older brothers. And uh, so they, you know, they showed us the ways of a lot of different kind of music. But I think when they were in their earlier twenties, we were in our teens. The way we were spaced out, that's kind of when you get into hip hop. So that like kind of the trickle down of like stuff that works. So they showed us, you know, the ways of hip hop. I remember getting um, the unseen. The Quasimodo album and this like brick of uh, it's like a Case Logic brick. They had that, the KMD uh, album Isaac... as well, Mister Hood, and I think yeah. they had Doomsday, which also the Santa Maria Library had those albums too, which was yeah, a blessing they might have had food because, too because those were hard to find back in the day. Yeah, yeah. So they, I, but I remember distinctly for Christmas, Isaac must have been like broke or something because he was like really young, living in Oakland, and he just gave me a bunch of burnt CDs, which was a fucking invaluable gift it was awesome but one of them free on- homie that shit comes like <laughs> that's true that's true and it did me a lot of good but um i think it did as much at some point to me but um the uh the unseen was on there so that was like my first exposure to mad lib and you know probably largely to what was called undie undie hip-hop Und- <laughs> um that's not what it's time called. Well, that's what I call it. So that was my first exposure to Mad Lib and kind of the whole universe of Stone's Throw and yeah, just all those different MCs and um, producers and things that came out of that. And that was that that hooked me. You know, I was like kind of grew up on a pretty steady diet of, you know, things that aren't dissimilar, like the East Coast stuff or the Midwestern stuff like Bone Thugs or, you know, the Wu-Tang you know um mob deep and all that and like you know using good use of samples and you know kind of the dusty aesthetic and all that um but to hear you know mad libs take on it where it's just a little bit weirder a little bit denser a little bit more out there definitely borrowing from more from jazz and psychedelia and all that and just like the cleverness of the wordplay and how he pitched his vocals up and everything it was just like so fucking weird but just like so engaging it had like a narrative arc to it and it was just like it was like listening to an audio play and like a sound collage and all these different things and it was just like really it was just more than just like a pivotal you know hip-hop album um so that was like that exposure and then i probably heard doom at the same time later in high school 100 in college like you know the the dudes i was hanging out with uh they were definitely into into doom and that whole universe of shit so i think i might have even heard vaudevillian villain vaudeville villain and or the king ghidra album first i remember those albums and then um at some point somebody had put mad lib i put um mad villainy on and it was just like i loved it i loved it from the get-go like it's like you were saying no it's just like this thing it almost it's like this thing you're not supposed to hear you know it's like you think of like hip-hop albums of that time and they're like these big statements and these big event releases and so like the opening song is either like some sort of overblown skit or like you know some some huge announcement some banger fucking song yeah but the way they do it it's kind of like a play on the like the radio skit that's all over hip-hop you know (laughs) 
and just like it, it just, just gives you all these little microcosms of what's to come and just yeah it just really hooked you from the, and it, it's like yeah it's mysterious and you're like okay i'm gonna i'm gonna take this journey this is like this is fucking engaging and i'm gonna i'm gonna go down this weird windy path with it and then um yeah you hear it and it's like everything that you want from a hip-hop album you know when when i was at that age it was at a time it, it was like hip-hop fans were always looking they're all on the prowl for like the most profound shit the wokest shit the most undie you know shit that somebody with like the best like technical wordplay flow and you know and that's what you're gonna and then you hear this and it's fucking game over it's like everyone fucking you know pack it up like it's like it's everything you're looking for in like a progressively minded hip-hop album you know it's just like from the beat selection to the wordplay to the to everything to the rhyme schemes to just like the whole pageantry and the whole like cinematic quality of it is fucking it's yeah it was profound and like and but in not so much serious terms to me it was also a hangout album because like i would listen to this album in a smoky car at a barbecue chilling by myself you know whatever and then then you hear about how this album was conceived and it's like they're just hanging out making the album doing you know probably more than what i'm doing you know but being creative and you can just hang out with the album and it's one of those things where you can skip tracks and it's all good you know like the sequencing is brilliant but i remember just people liking it's like oh no i like this bar so they'd even like skip within track and then let it go so you can like start the album from the middle and to like the to almost the end and then start it over again and kind of people remixed it just organically on their own and it was just like yeah i don't know and the other thing i remember too and this is going to be a basic take but we're all simpsons heads we all grew up just watching and loving the simpsons and it has that same energy oh, where it's just oh, <laughs> where it's just and That's also like famous simpsons we're in high quote right homie yeah you got it you got it homie <laughs> um and it's like you know when you're 18 and you're smoking weed you're watching the simpsons the simpsons just come off it's like oh it's like it's so well constructed and it has like this energy of just like really well constructed randomness and all these references and that's like what you hear when you hear this album it's just like this fucking just universe of ideas and all this storytelling and i don't know yeah, totally. like um and it, it it fulfills this itch too of like what you're kind of accustomed in especially like east coast style hip-hop with like you know the dusty samples and the boom bap yeah. kind of thing and it's but it also comes in east with the, meets west album in a way totally totally and it kind of sounds like the, the odb album the return to the 36 chambers that's one album that i could compare it to like the shagginess yeah and yeah, like a little lo-fi totally. a little gritty and an mc at the height yeah. of his powers with the producer at the height of their powers you know yeah, totally. and, it's, and so it has like that that yeah that the familiarity of just like a really solid East Coast hip hop, but then it has like kind of the swagger of the West Coast and like just the insane wordplay and bars and flow and weird beats, and I feel like that was kind of like an LA thing or even like a Bay Area thing too at the same time. So it just brought all that together, and it it was just fucking perfect. And it was like for me, it was like one of those things, and it happens. It only happens every so once in a while, but it kind of fucking it's wonderful and it's enlightening, but it also is stifling because you hear that and you're like, 
all right, I don't know. I don't even know what's next. Like, I don't even know what, like, what, how to follow this up with another hip hop album or another rapper. It's kind of like, it kind of puts you in, like, you know, like self imposed isolation a little bit. And, but then they themselves so much could never so follow it up. They never made the right, part two, really. right? Right. Yeah. Totally. And, um, yeah, before we move on, I just, uh, I have this, I've heard this story about like how I got exposed to this album or whatever, but I remember we were, um, it was 2005. It would have been like my, uh, uh, Christmas break, winter break. And me and Adrian, some other homies were over at, let's call him Jay. We were over at Jay's house coming down off of things, you know, just, <laughs> <laughs> is the uh, it was the dirty dirty morning hours and um me and adrian were just like sitting around with like nothing to do and then adrian just like chimes in he's like oh yeah i forgot to tell you i got into hip-hop and i was like okay <laughs> like good for you dude like what have you been listening to and this had to be a i think it was like either your ipod or you like brought in from your car or whatever like a, a a you know some cds and like I definitely think like the unseen was one of those you were referencing. This had to have been one. So that's kind of like where me and Adrian like start to bond over this. And then, you know, later a lot more hip hop. Um, so yeah, it was just a love at first here. And it's just a, still as captivating to this day. So I'm glad, I'm glad to hear we all have just like nothing but positive Fuck and yeah. deep, very vibrant memories of this album. Yeah, it's one so, of those uh, albums where yeah, you let's remember take where you were the first time you heard it. It definitely is like yeah. a few other albums. And and if you were telling me you're, you're you know like shout out to skaters. Skaters always have the hookup on good hip hop. Um, <laughs> yeah, shout out to in my in my experience. They all do. It could be like the ignorant shit. It could be like the underground stuff. You know, I, I feel like they they have their finger on the pulse of you know some things. Yeah, and especially like hip hop being one of it. Yeah, especially like in my case, you know person of color skating in san diego he's definitely got the dope hip-hop yeah. record collection <laughs> for sure <laughs> right yeah for sure, for sure. Right. i think that's, uh, that's all a right good point. yeah let's leave it at that wait, for wait, adrian, adrian oh, sorry, just, just before we get off of that i think that's a good point and i think i think that this record touches on a lot of those same kind of things it's like all subcultures like skating and hip-hop like there's not it's seemingly they're a lot different, but I think there's a lot of overlap there. And I think this record with its mix of like comic books of like film noir of all these weird weirdo bits, like it's kind of like skating is kind of similar in that, like it takes from a lot of different things. So like you could totally be in a punk rock and hip hop yeah. and street it's street. You're literally yeah. in the streets yeah. all day long mixing with different yeah, and it's a, and it's like a folk it's a it's a focal point for other artistic like expressions and outputs like kids get into skating they can start rapping they can start a punk rock band they can get into like graffiti they can get into like designing to do art they can do design all smoking sorts weed. of shit so yeah smoking it's a good way sure. to like and i weed. think i think Drinking skate videos beer. skate videos back in the day Sleeping were on the one floor. of the were one of the main places where you could actually hear a lot of cool music and get turned on oh, to yeah. new things, you oh, know? Yeah. Like I oh, yeah, remember watching stereo, stereo boards, stereo. I remember watching some of those girl those early girl videos, watching like video days, of course the classic, uh, which just has like Coltrane and uh, Jackson five and a bunch of different, you know, different stuff. But I think, yeah, I think it's important that, that, that these different cultures can, can appreciate this because it, it, 
it did transcend beyond just hip hop. Like this was not just like a weirdo hip hop record. Like it became like, I mean, yeah. it's on the, it's on a fucking Rolling Stone list. Like that's how, uh, that's how widespread it was. And, and the interesting thing about that is it's it uniquely itself. Like there's, there's no, um, there's no, there's no father it to its style. <laughs> exactly but it's like there's no there's no compromise right there's no compromise for their sound yeah. for what their their vision what they wanted to do and there's yeah. actually one of the, in in doing some of the research i read a story where the stones throw came back to to mad lib and was like yo like we might not be able to clear some of these samples i don't know like can you can you maybe fix this and he's like shit i don't really want to lose any of these so i'm just gonna tell him like uh uh, oh, did. I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember where I got those samples. So I don't know. Uh, I, yeah, I don't let know. Let them figure it out. Yeah. Let exactly. the artist figure it out. Fuck them. And, and Stone's Throw was like, fuck it. All right, whatever. And so, you know, I think these guys were just like on the top of their game as artists and unwilling to like compromise or, or you know, they were willing to put it all out there and yeah. be completely themselves and fucking it completely took over and owned everything else that was yeah. at the time yeah. and you know what i'm gonna fucking call it right now mad villain they were the american radiohead we fucking found it oh there you go i like <laughs> that yeah. i like that <laughs> nice i like that it was all them right. all along all right let's, take, let's a uh, take a little break and then we'll come back with how we feel about the album now if we haven't already spoiled that for everyone yeah i have a radiohead mf doom story too later Whoa, interesting. Tease. All right. Okay. And we're back. This being a uh, hip hop episode, uh, we just want to send our thoughts and uh, prayers out to Darkman X, Earl Simmons, DMX. DMX, uh, one of the best rappers ever. Like yeah. our generation, I've said this many times before, Caleb, like us, our, people our age have to remind everybody that. At one point in time, DMX was the greatest rapper alive, for like, and also yeah. their favorite rapper. Yeah, <laughs> for like three. He years. Basically, like the the era which he came in, people our age, like mid aged millennials or whatever, he was the fucking like Moses leading us into the promised land. Yeah. He was like the first dude for me, who I'm like, oh, what is this? This is rapper. Like, dude, this guy's fucking gnarly. He's like and- metal. Good, yeah, but and it was, and he just like he's like, all right, fucking tending to my flock, and then just like, I don't know, killed the game for so long. Pretty good actor too. Yeah, Yeah, not bad. I'm gonna definitely rewatch. I definitely remember when Hot uh, Hell is Hot came out, and listening to that with my cousins, and just being totally blown away because it it was completely like, like. You know, he, he had his unique sound. He took, <laughs> yeah, he took the throne. He took the throne from Tupac as like Mexican's favorite rapper. That's, that's <laughs> it's not wrong. Extremely it's true. That is not accurate. wrong. Um, yep. Yeah. So it's funny you told and that then story. He later right? danced at a quinceanera at one of his kids' quinceaneras. Right? There's a video oh. of that out there. Oh, Came is that did circle. that go viral? Yeah, he's wearing like Timberlands and like a fucking dope fit at a quinceanera. That's pretty yeah. sick. Uh, seemed he always seemed like a like a good dude with kind of troubled troubled self yeah. uh but I mean, um his name it's on his name but yeah let's uh you know keep hope alive for him he's not not with us yet but uh yeah just wanted to acknowledge acknowledge him send him some strength y'all and uh sadly the segue to that is r.i.p doom and um but 
you know, before we talk about his untimely demise, let's uh, let's keep him alive and let's uh, let's let's talk about how we feel about the album now, having listened to it recently. Noah, let's start with you as the old head in the crew. <laughs> yeah, as an old head, man. Um, yeah, I love this album. I I always listen to it all the time anyways as it is this isn't a steady rotation i think i listened to operation doomsday the most just because i love that old school sound that he has and like how he has that faster flow i think is just awesome and then also operation doomsday is so much about like his brother passing away which is like hits me in a personal way as somebody who's lost uh, a brother so it's very touching to me that album but i also listen to victor vaughn a fair amount so mf doom is just a dude that i've listened to like you know at this point there's a finite amount of his music sadly and i'm pretty sure i've listened to like everything he's ever recorded at this point so in this album like i was saying it's such a perfect east coast meets west coast and as kids that grew up you know in the 90s with that whole west coast east coast beef that was i got caught up in as like a 10 year old kid like (laughs) picking sides which now is such bullshit how they like use that as a marketing tool and it totally like had real ruined people's lives yeah Yeah. real life consequences i remember Um, the first moment i thought of myself as becoming an adult when i acknowledged to myself and out loud that uh notorious big is a fucking like goat rapper you know yeah it was a big day for me big day for me but uh i just think this album is fucking brilliant and mad lib is such an awesome producer it's such a weirdo album and a lot of like undie, I can't believe I was still saying the underground rapper. It, it sticks. Please, please stop. Please. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a lot of quote unquote underground rap, which that's such a stupid term because now all rappers just kind of self-release their shit anyway. Yeah. So it's like, doesn't matter like about record. Yeah. Every, it's just ground. I never now. understood that because there was music that wasn't popular, but it was called underground. I was like, no, you're just not signed, but like your yeah. aspirations are that of being a pop rapper or you, yeah. you sound like everyone else. And like, I don't know. I remember, I remember people saying like, I only listen to underground rap. Like I don't fuck with mainstream rap. It's like, what? You yeah. don't fuck with like DMX and Jay-Z or that's just Wu-Tang. That's fucking stupid. But yeah, uh, <laughs> I was like good music, is good, good music is good music. Uh, but this album, yeah, like the East meets West thing, I, like I, uh, I, the one other album that comes to mind is when, um, as far as a rapper and producers, East Coast, West Coast, two people at the height of their powers would be the um, Ice Cube, uh, America's Most Wanted, where it's Ice Cube at the height of his powers meeting the Bomb Squad at the height of their power. So like, I think this album, like in the history of kind of uniting hip hop under one kind of flag is amazing because doom in a lot of ways, he's the bridge from old school hip hop to what we know as like modern day underground hip hop, like, you know, whatever stoner rap or whatever. 
you know, the guy yeah. he started in the late eighties, early nineties when he was like a teenager. So it's amazing. Like the breadth of his career and um and it's even come full circle because he was doing collaborations with like the Griselda dudes and shit who were kind oh, of yeah. like also bridged bridge that builders goes, in their own thing like yeah. uniting like you know the gangster trap stuff with yeah just the west coast boom bap you know totally. like and those uh um, mc bully mc that, kind of thing there's that little ep with west side gun and yeah. mf doom and it was one of sadly one of his last collaborations and that shit is awesome like mf doom Fuck did yeah. the beats mf doom is also like a great producer like the metal fingers shout out uh t savy he had all those metal finger albums we used to just listen to the instrumentals like all the time yeah when we get uh, blunted in the blazer was it yeah blunted in the blazer baby um he's on fucking yeah. fish scales right if i'm not yeah he produced yeah he that's he actually that, i think that's the fucking crossover right there dude that's like mf doom produced the last track with all 10 members of wu-tang which is on the fish scale nine, icon. nine milli bros right i think that's the last track yeah. with odb and everybody on there is posthumously for odb but but no this album is just i think an all-time classic and i loved it and uh Shout out Wifey's Corner. I was listening to this. I think this is like a headphones album for me, but I was listening to it on the stereo and it hits like the bass is like out of control on this thing. Yeah. But a Kiki Wifey's Corner was just like, this is by far the best album you guys have done for this podcast. <laughs> and I was like, I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. She's or like, this probably is... might do in general. And this another might be funny, <laughs> another funny Wifey's Corner. She was like Quasimodo, right? He's the the high pitch voice. I was like, yeah, that's Mad Libs <laughs> alter ego. And she was like, did Eminem just rip him off? <laughs> I was like, kind of, but he's less. Quasimodo's less fucking obnoxious. <laughs> but I was like, oh yeah, he kind of did. Shout out to Eminem's irrelevance. I feel like this. The further we've gotten away from Eminem's, the more he's forgotten like no i feel like we're, i think that's where we are now but i like about he pops up maybe he, 2000 like, like 2013 there was this huge groundswell where people were like no he's yeah. actually the goat odd he's future, actually the goat odd future if guys, you like if yeah. you think about it dude he's the goat like and then they'll drop all the metrics and then they'll be like but listen to his flows he's like he just raps fast and nobody <laughs> fucking cares that the dude is whack eminem has always been whack Suck my the, dick from the back, Eminem. It's funny because the Odd Future guys kind of carried that torch, where it's like we were fucking weirdo kids in the Imperial or Valley or whatever the, the IE Inland Empire listening to. But it's like, but you listen to Tyler the Creator or Earl Sweatshirt, especially they sound more like Mad Villain and Mad uh, and uh, MF Doom than they do Eminem. Well, I think in yeah, terms he had a, of sound, Eminem had a low ceiling, and that's the thing. <laughs> I think in terms of yeah, I think in terms of sound, these guys definitely, and I, you know, I think Tyler, the creator, and Earl have both said that this record is a touchstone for them, in terms of just letting them know, like, oh, we can kind of do what whatever we want. Like, it doesn't have to be like you know, like Jay Z or whatever. Like, it can just be fucking weirdo shit. I think that, and I think that not just for them. I mean, obviously there's a whole wave of other people. I think without Doom, you know, or well, this, without Mad Villain, you might not get, you know, 
uh, Flying Lotus uh, as big as he is, or yeah. you know, other what artists. I like? Go ahead. Well, what I like about MF Doom on this album, he acknowledges that he's not a Jay Z type guy. You know, he has that line like the best rapper with no chain you've ever heard, but he still is braggadocio. He's still like, I am the best. He's not like a lot of underground rappers. They're like, I'm vulnerable. And I'm like (laughs) in, I'm, uh, I don't want to be good or acknowledged or popular. I'm insecure. And it's like, unless you're coming with, I'm an incel. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like atmosphere, the fucking OG incel. But unless you're like, <laughs> unless you're coming with dope rhymes about being insecure, it doesn't fucking matter. If you're just reading your diary and being sad boy, nobody wants to hear that shit. That shit. Yeah, sucks. because you can you can channel sadness and vulnerability in a way that's like way more clever, and that's what yeah, MF Doom's like, doing. Like or like yeah, and it goes back to like one of the best verses of all time about uh, like within the hip hop genre would be, you know, Raekwon and inspected deck on cream where it's, it's a very sad song and they're talking about being vulnerable, but they're also like, but listen to me now, now you have to listen to my story of struggle and pain because I'm fucking good at rapping. Like I'm, yeah. I'm like badass. So like, you can't ignore me. And I think that's what doom does like do. And then just the, the way he references all this pop culture, like he really ties art together, art history, you know, the high and low thing we've talked about on this podcast about how his literary references, but also he, he paints a picture of a time and place. And um, I just think he wraps in like television, comic books, you know, and then the fact, the way he, he has all these personas and he, he comments on his own persona and he interacts with his own persona. And the same, same thing with uh, Mad Lib, how he interacts with Quasimodo and he talks shit to himself. It's like, it's very self referential. It's very self-aware. It's like, he knows how good he is, but he's like, you know, he's just, he's just laying it down, man. And yeah, I just love this album for, for the, interconnectivity it brings to like culture and um follow me here for a little minute i've been watching the ken burns the ken burns documentary about oh did he make a documentary about hip-hop i would love to see (laughs) (laughs) please ken burns if you're listening please do that it's like peter coyote make a coyote hip-hop documentary He's like DJ Dadgy Jeff on the ones and twos was said to <laughs> spin so fast that the record would smoke. Uh, it's like Prodigy um, once wrote a, a letter to his mother from his dearest mother. Um, it's been but 43 I was days. watching that Ernest Hemingway documentary on PBS, and they're talking about Ernest Hemingway is like this modernness and how he simplified language in a lot of ways where. A lot of novelists before him were challenging, but how he would just construct these simple sentences where anybody could read it and get a lot out of it. And I think MF Doom, along with other rappers like Biggie Smalls and Tupac to a certain extent, 
they're wordsmith, but it's very accessible. Like they're telling stories. They have this provocative imagery, but they're using a very stripped down accessible version of language. And it's also really funny. Like it's, it's clever. Like that's what I always attach the cleverness of MF doom as well as if you've ever like, you know, studied poetry or anything, Adrian, you mentioned this earlier. Like he, he really like his internal rhyme schemes and stuff. It is of a piece with like American literature, like modernist literature. It's very, and I don't, I think sometimes if you say that when talking about hip hop, it like intellectualizes it or academics, like it's an academic approach to talking about rap and that can be kind of stale and lame. But like, I think he really is somebody that will last like a hundred years from now and people can analyze his lyrics and, or if you don't even want to analyze his lyrics, you can still just laugh at his lyrics you can fucking you're he brings you along the journey it's accessible and dense at the same time which is which is the best of both best of both worlds i would say totally and to your point about like him his approach to poetry and like modern poetry it in a way it also is reminiscent of like the beats you know about how they're just like the cacophony of experience and Going just on like pull, and, on, yeah. and but pulling in all these different things that um you know are stimulating to you and you're over overly stimulated by culture and everything and how that like you know influences you and your experience and you just kind of like speaks to everything at once you know and that and that overload and then it's also he's you know being the age that he was it's also very gen x too like where um if you watch films from that like you know that generation or tv shows there's all it's all these like referencing things of like pastiche and all these things that came yeah, before like and that like way... shaped that shaped your experience and shaped yeah. your interests and like and nothing is off limits and everything yeah. can be commented on or found worth it's like the know, way within. looney tunes cartoons that we grew up on those were made in the 50s and 60s and they're referencing movies from the 20s and 30s but right. we watched them in the 80s and 90s you know it's that continuous pop culture dialogue but it's mm -hmm. also high culture too like he references a lot of like cool shit and it's yeah. and then you have mad lib referencing musical history in a way that's like unmatched on this album yeah totally uh adrian what's what are your thoughts yeah i mean i don't i think that uh noah summed up a lot of uh a lot of what makes this album indelible and what makes this album so uniquely for what it is for like you know a hip-hop record from the era you know what makes it so uniquely transcendent is the the just the raw talent of both these guys and the fact that you can just hear them you can hear them working but not working like it's effortless like it doesn't feel at all like they're they're like they're really trying which isn't to say that they don't care it's just that it's so natural it's so it feels so so easy going and so free and so go with the flow that it just it i think that that's part of the reason why it it, fe it feels so fresh every time you listen to it is because it is just 
you know, in the moment. And I think part of that is the fact that the songs are so short. So there is no time to get bored of them or to, you know, get, tr get stuck up on like, Oh, I don't like that part. Or I don't like that beat because by the time that you're thinking about that kind of stuff, like you're already on to the next thing and you're, you're thinking about how clever that line is or how weird that, you know, that, that sample is. And so now listening to it after probably hundreds of listens and maybe even, you know, pro well over a hundred listens at least uh, in, totally. in, you know, the past 15 years, it's still, it still holds up like every time I put it on. And, and like you're saying, Noah, it, it's one of those records where as soon as you're finished, as soon as you like, is that as, as rhinestone cowboy fades out or whatever, like you, you're like, I, I want to put it out again. Like I literally had that thought earlier today. I was yeah. like, you're like, what I was that line that he said in that other song? I'm just going to go <laughs> yeah. back to it. And then you'll let it go four songs deeper into that, wherever you started. And you're like, I, I'm not hating this at all. I was, like, I was listening I got nothing to, this, else to do. I was listening to this album and then the autoplay, the next song was the yeah. Aesop rock song. And oh, which, God. I don't know. Aesop rock, eh, you know, whatever. I I'm like Aesop. I'm not mad at the guy, but I threw my headphones across the room. <laughs> yeah, no, that would be jarring. That guy was like chasing. That's what I said about like the backpack shit. It's just like chasing profundity. He seems Obviously, like a nice talented. guy. He doesn't seem yeah, like an super aggro, talented. He's, he's super genuine, respectful sure. of the art form and everything, but it's you know worlds apart from the only album what we're that I could. With here. I think you have to listen to another. MF Doom album after this, or I'd listen to the Unseen, or I was like, I need more of this weirdo shit. And the Unseen, that dude, we got to do that album one of these. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, and even ben, the follow up, the follow up one was fucking huge. good too. Yeah. The 2005 was one was fucking big, at least yeah. in Santa Maria, like at our high school and stuff. Oh, I mean, it was a seminal record for our for our crew and and a bunch of people around us for sure. And I think I'll add, I'll I'll say that the kind of the triplicate of that is is unseen, mad villainy, and donuts. I think those three records, yeah, are kind, kind of, of like the trifecta of yeah, just perfect records crazy. through and through. Just everything because about those them. Albums, is perfect. The, the, those albums looked back to look forward, you know, and like, so mm -hmm. that's gives them like a timeless quality. Um, and yeah, you hear where they came from and then where everything was going. They're and on their so own like, wavelength. Here's something that's like yes. that suspended in time is just fucking, yeah. it's, it's rare. It's, you know, it's rarefied air. Yeah. Um, but coming back to Mad Villainy, it's, it's kind of staggering how, like, how much it, it still is it holds up and how much it still has something to say and how much it still is an influence. Like, I think there's still people who are discovering this record, you know, zoomers and such that, that will be inspired by this stuff and be inspired by the beats and be inspired by the way he plays with, with the, the words and, and how yeah. he's referencing things. And, you know, I think that, and it's interesting because I think of like, I think of like the Beastie Boys. I think of like all these artists who have come before Doom, who, you know, the cool Keiths of the of the world who cool came before. Keith him. is another weirdo that's on the level of MF Doom for sure. Oh, totally. I mean, Doctor Octagon, Octagonology. That uh, might be the that Doctor Octagon might be the fourth pillar in what we're talking about yeah. here. Yeah, and also uh, another producer. That'd be the fourth wall. Another yeah. producer at the height of his powers. Is that all? Is that also East Coast meets West Coast? I was 
Hmm. Where yeah, where's Tan the Automator from? Is he I a... mean he did the Dell record, which is Bay Area. I think he's from like San Jose, right? Isn't he? Yeah, that might be right. I'm not sure. But anyways, like I think it, it's all in line with a lot of stuff that came before him. And I think one of the more one of the things that that's great about this kind of music and 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 hip hop and especially Doom and Mad Lib is like they they love and respect the genre so much. They reference these things, these other things that you can kind of get into. It's like, there's just so much depth to this record beyond just the songs, which are already amazing. And are already kind of this, you know, these mass, this masterwork of these two guys, but it's also, it, it pushes you to explore their, you know, their oeuvre for one, but also explore other things that sound like this. And, 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 you know, I think that's kind of part of their influence too, is like the oh, fact yeah. that they're just saying like, you know what? We can put these old Exotica record samples on here. We can put them next to fucking, you There's know. There's a Sun Ra tribute song on here. Yeah. yeah. Shouts them out. <laughs> exactly. And like, it's, 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 it's so, it's so great that in 2021, we can still put this record on and it could still have that same effect as it had the first spin. It's, it's amazing to me that I could put this on and still have that same joy, that same discovery, that feeling of discovery as I did in the car in the Honda back in 2004, you know? And it's funny that you told that story, Kale, about me being like, I, I'm getting into hip hop again, because I think this record was one of the ones that got me really way back into it. Because when I was a young younger kid, I definitely loved hip hop. I mentioned I would listen to DMX with my cousins, but uh but then I went full on into the indie rock and the Nirvana. So like Nirvana. You guys heard the new Nirvana song, the AI one? Oh god. Pretty good. Pretty good. Sorry. Sorry, keep cutting. No, but I but just you know, it stuff like this was so inspiring to me personally, and 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 the fact that that feeling remains after you know hundreds of listens is it just goes to show how good this record is how good this moment was in time and how lucky we were that that they put this on record on wax and and actually put it out because like you're saying though like uh as much as as prolific as madlib is like and as semi-prolific as doom was like there was also the chance that this never would have even saw the you know the light of day they're no, literally about crazy. to shelve this. Like, imagine that. Like, imagine a world where this doesn't exist. And that was possible because it, it they didn't want to put out something that that would disappoint fans. Like, that's the basically the reason why they didn't they they stopped because they're like, well, fuck. But I they think that's like this. that's MF Doom in a nutshell because his that uh, KMD album Black Bastards did get shelved. Yeah, and I think he was so disillusioned with it. And I think he's such a good lyricist where he's like, well, fuck it. You don't need to hear those lyrics anyways. I'll just think of other ones. <laughs> he's like, no, shit. dude, yeah. like you're precious. Like every fucking word you ever write should be recorded and like cherished forever. <laughs> like you don't understand like the power of your pen is like unmatched. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I wholeheartedly agree. Um, so yeah, I you know I still love this record. I think it still has something. You know, it's still important. It's still valid, and I think and I hope that there are still kids out there discovering I think this a record. There's a sixteen year old kid as we speak 
spinning. Yeah, they're probably maybe, listening to this podcast and they're and, like, <laughs> <laughs> but maybe their dad is, you know, well, maybe like a 12 year old kid and their dad is like 40 or something. And he's like, here, fucking listen to this. Like, I think there's kids out there listening to this album. I hope to God. I, I hope that. I is, hope so. Yeah. If there is, then that gives me hope for the future because you can't listen to this and not be inspired. You can't listen to this and not, you know, kind of fall in love with, with hip hop and, and with the, you know, with music. It's, it's just a profound record and it it's continues timeless. to be profound. Yeah. So, you know, I love it. It's, it's one of those all time records for me. And it, I don't think it, that that's ever going to not be the case. Yep. I would say this and Cryptograms Desert Island record for me. <laughs> Shout out Charlie. One to, one to get island. One to get the blood Love boiling the and island. one to one to lower the blood pressure. Yeah, one to get you off the island. I gotta get on the album off this island <laughs> yeah. to listen to something else. Yeah, one to like enjoy the day, and then the other one to be like, oh, I'm just gonna walk into the ocean and fucking drown. <laughs> Jeez. So you're doubling doubling down yeah i'm back i take back i'm back (laughs) take it all back i'm sorry for being sorry i apologize (laughs) for the sorry not sorry well caleb what uh what are your thoughts yeah i mean so much i mean like i i listened to this uh, at least four or five times and then i did the whole thing that i do with with doom and really fucking good hip-hop is like you just go back and you just like relive it every chance you can. So I was lucky enough to be able to listen to every time I listened to it um, in a number of settings was in headphones. So that like, that was a great experience. I've definitely done that before, but it had been a while. And um, yeah, you just hear every, every texture, every little bloop and bleep and every little sample. And just, I don't know the whole, you feel the whole cornucopia of it uh, that way. And um yeah, it really just makes you think. It's like I, I just feel com- like woefully unqualified to talk to talk about this album and to talk about, you know, what it represents and the music that it represents. And um, but I'm gonna try to anyways. So um, I have this sensation that there's a few different types of music for me uh, that gives me the sensation when I listen to it. So when I listen to like just a masterful hip hop album, like really really good reggae fucking just like upper echelon like jazz um really really good death metal and uh and then like contemporary classical music or like movie scores i have this like feeling in this question that i always ask myself is like why don't i only listen to this type of music all the time like what like what am i doing not digging deeper like i need to dig deeper i need to it's just super inspiring and it's just like gives you this like opens up this like portal and you're like i need to know everything about this approach to music i need to know everything about this culture of music and i just need to like i need to envelop myself in it and definitely this album that's what that's what it did to me in the past week was um really like re-engaged me with that sensation it was like yeah it was just it was just super super inspiring and it's like you guys are saying like in, in a in a way and I'm going to be kind of indirect here, but um, I feel like al- this album and albums like it are responsible for this podcast in a way, because it's like, it's music that inspires you to want to be like a deeper individual and to want to be one of those people who is not 
content with surface level shit, you know, somebody who always wants to know more and to have more references and to dig deeper and to know about everything as much as possible about rabbit hole. Yeah, exactly. About what you want to, of what inspires you and what sounds good to you and what looks good to you. And like, and to just have a more deeper relationship with everything that you consume, you know, artistically, culturally, and so like when you hear this album and it's like oh and i want to be able to like articulate myself and cleverly talk about it. so i think this podcast is an outlet for us and i you know speak, i can probably speak for the group here and that's like i mean this is what this album did to me at an early age it's like oh no i want to be fucking like you know <laughs> like i want to be able to talk about like dan Aykroyd and fucking know who sun Ra is and like you know no and just all these references and just be like a just a fucking smart individual and um so it's inspiring in that way too like how you want to conduct your life and you know how you want to consume things in a like responsible and edifying way and and so in that way this album is just like incredibly life-affirming and but it's also like really sad because you like you know it's like noah was talking about her brother who passed and mf doom's gone and it's like it's the stuff that like life's made of and the stuff that's like fucking important you know and um but it's also just like life affirming, you know, and um, and it's just it's it's purely a, it's it's a classic. It's a fucking from top to bottom, no equivocating, no wavering. It's unfuckable with like from end to end and each component of it, each contribution is just fucking incredible. And um, and it has 22 songs and it's over 45 minutes and there's no fucking dead weight. It's like it. there's not one element there's not one microsecond that you could trim off of it you know and be okay with that and um and also like it doesn't have to be that serious it's super fun it's like this album that you like you like you laugh out loud to some of the bars to some of like the wordplay and and what like the the references that he drops and how he combines all these things and ties everything together it's just like incredibly funny and but it, it doesn't in a way that's like effortless you know it's just it's just like off the top of his dome even mad libs beats sound like they're like incredibly well constructed but they have a like a levity to them as well you know they have a lightness to them and it creates this atmosphere that's like woozy and like very blunted and like i don't know it's just very fluid and it's the like, history um, of music like he really yeah, runs yeah. the table on it. Yeah. And um, yeah, and it, it I mean, in a way, it gives you chills. You know, it, it it definitely does. Just how incredibly competent it is. And just it just, I don't know, it does what good any good art form does, and that makes everything else seem incompetent and pretty much unnecessary, you know? <laughs> and um yeah, and that's I mean, that's what it did to me in the in the past few days. And um I don't know. And the one other thing too, in terms of references, it you don't know how, in 2020, you, you have no idea how fucking refreshing it is to hear something that is comic book and superhero, or in this case, villain influenced. <laughs> That's not Marvel. Crap. Given the IP fucking hellscape that we live in, that where you know, people who are at the helm are these insipid white, white boys, white boy nerds. Who have in taken over our fucking Snyder culture world yeah exactly and it's a shame that they get to keep doing what they're fucking doing and just 
further reducing and creating this fucking <laughs> shapeless monoculture that hey, we you know all have I to be a out? part of and Caleb. Doom doesn't get to be in this world anymore. That's a fucking travesty. You know when I tuned out from the Marvel verse was when Ghostface Killer, Tony Stark himself, got cut out of Iron Man 2. Like, fuck you. <laughs> fuck yeah, who you. did more? Who did more to keep Iron Man relevant? Yes. For fucking years. Yes. You owe him. Yeah. Exactly. Caleb, <laughs> mad villain. And fucking Tony Stark, they should uh Ghostface Kill, they should be paid royalties for this whole fucking Marvel verse in the first place. Hip hop kept comic books alive, like seriously. Yeah, yeah, full stop, full fucking stop. And um yeah, I mean, uh I think I've said out everyone want to say about it. And to uh I'll quote Flying Lotus um when uh Doom passed when he was speaking to this album, he said, All you will all you ever needed to know in hip hop was this record sorted done. Give it to the fucking aliens. <laughs> it is yeah. a hundred year album. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's like a hundred years from now. Like yeah, this it, is what you should be listening to. It's a document. If, if this came out when Voyager or whatever the fuck that probe was launched, I would say like, take out that fucking stodgy, like whale sounds record, whatever, yeah. put this fucker on here. Cause this is going to be, this is going to, cause this probably has whale sounds on it somewhere. Anyway. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, got that but this is going to be more telling, more interesting and, and a more, you know, it's such an indelible piece of culture, pop culture. And I know the way that we're talking about it. Space is the it, place, baby. Space is the fucking yeah. place. But I, I know the way we're talking about it, you know, and kind of putting it up on a pedestal is making it seem like, I, I don't know, I, I don't want to make it seem like haughty or because it is so accessible in its weirdness. It's yeah, so accessible in, in its uh, uniqueness. And it's, you know, that's the reason why it's so popular and so beloved is because it'll, it, it brings you into the weirdness. It doesn't hold, you know, it, it it says, come hang out, like you're saying, Caleb, come hang out with us, come chill with us, come smoke with us, and fucking vibe yeah. with us for the fucking 47 minutes of this record, the 22 songs. In and, a way that underground hip-hop, a lot of it's not. What people yeah. say is underground hip-hop, and it's like, this is a guy reading from his stupid diary that's boring. <laughs> like, yeah, this is a guy over-pronouncing everything yeah. and like, what, or, like trying to fucking impress you. It's like, Doom couldn't care less if he impressed you. He knew how good he was. Madlib knows how good he is at making beats. Doom and they just let like, it be. They let it all yeah, on the table and do exactly, exactly. what they want to do and make Doom, a singular art form. And Doom we're all the form that, better for it. Doom has that jazzy spontaneity where he's he's skilled, like he's practiced and skilled like a jazz musician is, but it has that free jazz vibe where it feels like oh, he's recording this live, like, right now. Like, it's off the top of his dome. Like, he's just going for it. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting this, that like, you say uh, that. Like, lesser under uh, lesser hip-hop, you know, you can just hear people just laboring over some bar that's just, like, scribbled in their notebook. And, like, there's, like, oh, man, I hope... I hope this fucking works. I'm going to overcompensate with all these fucking extra bells and whistles around it. Well, but I think it's Doom. interesting... It's interesting that you say that, Noah, and that you, know, you guys bring it up because actually I think Doom was very much a writer and very much crafting these words and very much thinking about how they yeah. they sound. And I think that and it I think that makes it all the more remarkable that it does sound so effortless. It does sound like he's just tossing this off, like he's just saying these genius things as if he's just thought of them. And that goes to his talent as 
not only as a writer, but as a performer that yeah. goes to how good the beats are behind him. And, you know, I think that that, again, that that's part of the reason why this is such, such an important record for so many people and such an important record for us, you know? Hell yeah. Is this going to be our totally. first three hour episode? You know, I was just going to say, we've already lapped the length of this album twice. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, we don't have the, the desired maybe technical aspects to, to put this, make this a two-parter, but listener, if you want to make it a two-parter, this might be where part <laughs> one, volume one um, ends and then volume two is coming up <laughs> in just a second. We're going to go uh, into our slappers. So uh, slappers. yeah, stick around for that. Spoiler, it's 22 it's, slappers. <laughs> yeah, 20, we're going we're going in depth on all of them. Like you know that meme where it's the astronaut in space and it's like yes, it's always been yeah, it, it's always been slappers for this one. Yeah, yeah. It's Bill sure. Clinton and he has all 22 <laughs> singles on this album as his record uh, that, that other he's meme. sitting with that other yeah. meme. I love how uh how describing memes works so well on a audio um, <laughs> art form yeah good job right, cut it. we'll cut you would have killed it on twitter making his own memes he would have come up with some dope shit yeah he might have invented twitter for all we know yeah he invented the meme <laughs> he was a meme all right let's take a break and we'll come back with our slappers stick around so uh, during the break, I was scrolling through Instagram, and you'll never guess what uh, one of my friends reposted on their story. From what account? What was it? A penis? Buddy, buddy head. Oh, shit. From buddy what? Instagram. <laughs> like a new yeah. buddy head post? Yeah, I think so. It was about how horny uh, like 80s wrestling was. Wow. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, buddy head is back. Buddy head. Yeah. Uh, buddy yeah. We, we willed it into the universe. Buddy head was one of the first uh websites i would frequent it was like oh mullet, absolutely mullet.com <laughs> rotten.com oh yeah yeah in my early yeah pitchfork buddy had uh some web comics and th that was it i mean the internet well was, your uh, porno adrian don't forget about your porno. well i mean porno is about your uh cindy, Mar cindy, cindy margolis, margolis. <laughs> oh the most downloaded woman in the world yeah and then later Ooh. your free ones <laughs> shout out free ones that was pre-wi-fi it was hard to download her yes yep yeah to really commit to it it's like then the then... ink the ink's out of the printer again noah you've been <laughs> downloading cindy margolis my dad's just like you had to do it in color you had to you had to use the color <laughs> oh those were the days those were the days all right. Speaking of slapping it, uh, Welcome back oh. to the jack off files. <laughs> <So> TJ, <laughs> easy dick. That's a good skit. That's one of the all time uh, hip hop skits. Uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Horny. Well, speaking speaking Doggy of hip hop style, skits, horniest album ever made. This album is full. I think <laughs> that was on there. the Chronic. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, oh yeah. I think no. Wait, easy dick. Is that the Chronic or? Mm, well, question. whatever. We'll never know. <laughs> our bona fides are in question edit that out timestamp it no because it was the was the in the love the homies can't have none right that was like the yeah that's snoop yeah that's okay. yep all right i stand corrected get your shit well, right homie. well speaking of being uh oh shit uh the dj easy dick dude's dead oh <laughs> wow 
Damn what it. a sad through line to this whole record. Specter of whole, death uh, around episode. this uh, episode. <laughs> That's what Anyways. sucked, man, as a kid being like a hip hop fan when you realize how young a lot of these people were who died and it's just like that right. sucks like they're not that yeah. much older they were like 10 years older than us the whole time they, they didn't even make the 27 club like half yeah. of these guys you know i mean tupac and biggie were what 24 25 26 six i think yeah i think i think biggie was 24, 24. so like it's bizarre yeah. you know that that yeah you imagine we, biggie i mean biggie is like a author or something and he made all these great works and then he was gone at the age of 24 could you imagine like what he'd be doing now like he'd be he'd be still spitting like crazy verses like, yeah he'd be just like a features just like hired gun doing his own shit producing shit he'd be writing books he'd be directing movies yeah. same with tupac tupac, tupac would be, would be an actor star. yeah he'd probably have an oscar yeah yeah to be completely honest give him an oscar academy all right we got to keep moving. This is going to be a hefty hour, hefty episode. Three so, uh, hours, baby. Let's hit it. This will be the heat episode. Um, So, slappers, what do you guys got for me? Who wants to go first? Uh, Who's horny? Caleb, you go first. <laughs> oh, shit. All right. Um, My picks are, I mean, I don't want to call them weird because everything about this album is like weird in the best of ways, but I, I guess they're kind of weirder picks for my slappers. Um, but I thought that that's appropriate, um, you know, given, given, uh, you know, mad villain represents. Um, so the first one I want to highlight comes a little early on the album and that's a meat grinder. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's fucking, nice. you said it, you said it, his flows and the way he does like the short rhyme schemes where he just like rhymes just at the end of each bar. I don't know what that's called. I don't, I'm not a, I'm not a hip hop academic. So, uh, but that I really like how he does that short rhyme schemes. He kind of, that was his fucking definitely in his bag. Um, and it just like, it emits this unwavering confidence, you know, just like, I think it's like the third or fourth track. Um, yeah, and it just fucking says everything about what this what this album's gonna be and what what they represent. Yeah, he and, also he shouts out an eight oh five legend on this song, Jack Lane. Shout out Morro Bay, baby. Oh, shit. oh, is Jack Lane from Morro Bay? Holy shit, that's awesome. That's where that's where he lived out his life from. His yeah, like when he was like song. when he was like seventy, but he was still fucking oh, jacked. <laughs> yeah, oh, he he still kick my ass. Younger <laughs> restaurant, I believe. Oh, that's awesome. Bring a full circle to 805. And um, yeah, what, what they're able to pack in two minutes is like far more than most people are able to pack in a full album. And um, yeah, his flow is so fucking dense on this song. Yeah, it's it's insane. And the uh and the bass, the 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 fucking the the you know the stand-up bass like sample is just fucking filthy and just like is that the Bill Bill check. Evans? It's it sounds like Bill Evans, yeah. It, it has to be. Um yeah, it's just like loose and fucking just, I don't know, grimy. Yeah, well, let's hear Let's hear a little bit of it. Yeah. All right. Here's a little bit of Meat Grinder. Dripping off the beat, kinda dripping off the meat grinder. Heat niner, pimping, stripping, soft, sweet minor. China was a neat sign of trouble with the script digits. Double dip, bubble lip, subtle list, midget. Borderline schizo, sort of fine tits, though. Quarter wine, order grind, quarter to nine, let's go. 
Jesus Christ. <laughs> so good. good I think I think Ooh. you guys are right. Let's just listen to this album. <laughs> wait, wait. Adrian, put on more of that song. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Here's a little bit more. Just say ho, I'll test the yeah, yo. Wild West style fest, y'all best to lay low. Hey, bro, day glow, set the bet, pay dough before the cheddar get away. Best to get Mako. Dude, dude might be the goat. I don't, fuck, I don't, it's really hard That's to argue. So fucking good. Wild yeah. West style fest, dude. Yeah, dude. I'll it's, test the yeah, yo. I'll test and the, the yeah, yeah. The jokes are still funny. Like the punchlines still hit, even though you've heard them like a million times. Like, and and like best to get Mako. That's fucking hilarious. That's so good. And he's a horny old bastard. Like, <laughs> yeah, totally. Listen, like hip hop's never politically correct. Yeah, okay? no. So, and he like, was a bit of a he was a bit of a hedonist, and that's yeah. but he was so fucking open about it. And like, but he yeah, has, I think, but his hedonist persona is dope because like a lot of rappers, their hedonist persona is like, I'm so rich that I can be high all day. Right. His Success. was like. His was like, I'm a fucking homeless person, so I can be high all day. Like that right. was like his vibe. Where like, like, I just want to, I just want to smoke blunts and drink beer and touch yeah. tits. Like that's like, all I care not, about. Not expensive beer. Not expensive. I want to like liquors, drop out just... of society and yeah. like, and if I need money, I'll pull a con because I'm, a, yeah, I'm a because he's a villain. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, it's it's so true, and. I don't know, like listening to this whole album on you know, a podcast, that'd be a fucking great move. But we could literally just do like you know, like those reaction videos. We could just do a podcast of it and just like talk <laughs> over everything that just like cracks us yeah. up. Or That's what the, the old heads should be doing that have kids right now. Yeah. You know those videos where it's like a baby eating like a warhead candy and <laughs> sucking on a lemon? It should be like a old head with their like teenage kid playing a meat grinder for the first time yeah. to see Thinking their reaction. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Yeah. yeah. Right. I think we're onto something. Man, that's a that's, Patreon um, idea. Yeah, we should just go one at a time slappers. So like yeah. Adrian, you do a slapper. Now. Yeah. All right. The, well pass the cipher. The cipher. That one was definitely on my list. God, there's so many. Like, if you look at my list, like generally, I I will you have named the probably... whole fucking album. I know, yeah. I know. I was gonna, I meant to cut it down, but then like as I'm listening to, it, I'm like, I can't cut any of these. You can't not talk all... about it. Yeah. So it's kind of. I just. I, I feel like I'm just gonna pull just whatever I I feel like talking about. Like right now, I think, <clears throat> um, fancy clown is one that I really love and I've always nice. loved. Um, but you mentioned it earlier, Noah. Is dope. It's so good. Um. But you mentioned it earlier, Noah. This is this is a unique song because it's it's Doom <laughs> as his other persona talking, talking shit, shit on his on him like Metal Face, who is, and it's just yeah. so genius and like it's, it's Victor Vaughn, metatextual. Yeah, Victor Vaughn is MF Doom's like snotty brat high school kid persona, basically. Kind of a kind of a wannabe Lothario a little bit. <laughs> yeah, but he's always getting yeah. played. Which yeah, is hilarious. That's um, what's dope about M of Doom. He's like a comic book writer where it's like it's like here's another like here we'll pick up where the last issue left off. Like here's uh uh Victor yeah, Vaughn. It's, it's like a continued. what do they call that when like the mashup in uh crossover in, event? 
the crossover event. Yeah. This was the original most ambitious crossover event of all time. Oh yeah, between <laughs> between uh Doom and and Mad Lib for sure. Yeah. This is this is Spider-Man meeting Batman. Like this is for oh, yeah. sure like that. Like yep. And actually, the Pitchfork review calls that out. Um, I don't remember, know if you guys remember in the 90s, there was the, the the mashup Amalgam comics where it was DC and Marvel put this out together where they mashed up their characters. So Batman oh, yeah. and Wolverine were mashed up and it was like Dark Claw. But the, <laughs> the review, he mentions this 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 uh, amalgam comics is kind of a way of saying like yeah like that you thought that was epic like this is the fucking epic <laughs> combo and it is i oh, mean man. this meeting of minds is up there like with honestly with like all time fucking you know lennon meeting mccartney like this is this is you could put it in that sphere like for sure and you, i don't think people if people balk at that then like fucking you need to listen to this fucking record yeah. um, adrian this it, is the eno meets uh Frit. 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 Yeah. Uh, let's yeah. hear. Let's, let's let's hear a little taste. Yeah, here's a little bit of Fancy Clown featuring Victor Vaughn. Being jammed up like traffic inbound for space And there's been a place for you in my heart Since we first met a teenage love that didn't feel no hurt yet My boys warned me you was poison like BBD first cassette And still up put my chips on the worst bet Gave up the skirt, now I got a hair from the street How dare you drag my name in the dirt and cheat You could have broke it off, ended it in dip And if you spoke us off, we could have still preserved the friendship Now you apologize, that's what they all say You wasn't sorry when you sucked them off in the hallway Dude, you know what's crazy <laughs> too? Drake, Drake, Drake samples um, a song from this. Do not album. darken the door of this album with the fucking mention of that. No, but I think Drake, shit. I think Drake is a kid that grew up listening to Victor Vaughn because it is like this kind of a vulnerable rapper. There's no way that dude's cool. Fucking Drake is whack. I fucking hate Drake. <laughs> no, but I think he likes. I think he loves MF Doom in a lot of ways. It's, I mean, that's like the only thing sure. he's good at is having good taste, but everything else you, you would, yeah. you want to know. I see but, what you're saying though. No, it's kind of where he's like a piss ant. Yeah. yeah exactly. He's like, yeah. Yeah. He's the brat. He's like, I know I'm a kid. I know I'm fucking <laughs> annoying, and, but I'm like, I'm going like to, I'm a 35 year old go. man at this point. Dude, Adrian, on that, <laughs> there's one of my favorite lines on this one when he says, <laughs> As the Victor Vaughn persona, he says, I told your mom to knock it off, but she just had to set the, <laughs> set rock the rocket off. off. Yeah, <laughs> that was almost going to be in our later section when we go over our favorite bars. That, oh, that, oh, that's an all. Okay, no, you didn't. I, I actually went with yeah. a couple other ones, but that one is yeah. top of top of the list yeah. of a very, yeah. very long list. I also yeah. love the one about him taking taking back his Sterling because her girlfriend let him <laughs> hit it uh the last yeah. weekend is like man he just really it's so dirty and filthy and funny yeah he knows he knows like, how to body people it's and like... then he says he he hits your he he's mad about getting cheated on but then he also as like a pissy teenager is like yeah but i fucked your friend while you yeah. were working <laughs> yeah exactly yeah it's just so many it's uh, it works on so many fucking hilarious levels yeah. it's meta it's just it's a fucking and and on top of just being a genius flip of i can't recall the um the artist uh but it's a it's a great old 70s uh soul jam that yeah uh, you've been dipping around yeah uh, i can't remember who is it the miracles 
Uh, maybe I can't, I can't recall who it is, but it, if you yeah. can, if, if you're listening out there and you can find that, go listen to that. Cause it's fucking great. All right. Let's just do some rapid fire. We'll, we're like battling right now. All right. Adrian, <laughs> I see you. I see your fancy clown and I raise you, <laughs> I raise you accordion. Oh, the yeah. first kind of like mission statement. On, that's the one that Drake sampled, but mm-hmm. let's hear this bad boy. All right, here's a little piece of accordion. For half half of his niggas and take him out the picture. The other half is rich and it don't mean shit to villain a mixture between both with a twist of liquor, chasing with more beer. Taste it like truth for dear when he at the mic, it's like the place get like oh yeah. Oh, it's yeah. like they know what's about to happen. Just keep your eye out like eye eye capping. Is he still a fly guy clapping if nobody ain't hear it? And can they testify from in the spirit? And live in the truth. Yeah. That song is so licked by two broads. Two broads. It's horny. And it's also the woozy production style of Mad Lib that it's like, I think it's only the second song, but I think if there's one song on this album that kind of sums it all up, it's that one because it's a quick hitter. It's so clever. It has all those pop culture references with like Joe Tex, like. Taking those skinny legs like Joe Tex, Sigmund Freud, stuff. Sigmund Freud, <laughs> be your first and last playing, playing yourself like accordion, and then Mad Libs playing the accordion. It's just, it's just fucking great, and it's only like two minutes long, but it like it captures yeah. everything. That's just yeah. a slapper, all time yeah. slapper for me. Accordion, give that the, give that the, whoosh, for sure. Right, Caleb, go in, go in. Um. Yeah, dude, I'm going to keep it keep it weird and this song is a fucking anthem for something that we've all enjoyed and still enjoy and that is America's most blunted. This song, I think, is up there with Sweet Leaf, Hits from the Bong, Bud Smokers Only, fucking yeah. Weed Tokers, Anthem, Jerusalem, all of that. It's down in my there. notes. In my notes, anytime a song samples the bong load the water <laughs> bubbling in a bong is good or a cough like Caleb, like you said uh, yeah sweet sweet leaf. Leaf. or uh like the in, beastie uh, song with a bong the beastie boys yeah uh shake that rump yeah and, uh paul's boutique yeah it's just classic it's just fucking great i think war yeah. war has a couple not oh, bong yeah. loads but like bong coughing loads, but... coughing yeah smoking weeds yeah yeah I mean, it's, it's, yeah. It's I mean, a West Coast song, too. This one. It's such a West Coast song. And something I say, oh, it's like weed songs are kind of novelty. Not in this case. Like, and, and yeah. also, I think I wanted to highlight it, too, because it has those like sound collage elements um, yeah. more like, because it also just song. has insane verses, but then it kind of breaks it up with those, um, like that sample when he smells, when he spells out marijuana, he's like, M A R I J U N A A. That gets stuck in my head all the time. Yeah. Probably yeah. because so I'm like smoking it's weed. It's a catchy all the time, little number. <laughs> yeah. But, but um, um, it makes you want to smoke weed. It sounds like smoking weed. It's like, and, it's just but Caleb, it's the whole experience. Caleb, we it's talked about weird. this. Cause we listened to this album together, but it has that Steve Reich sample. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. Which yeah. is so crazy because that's it's such like a... enigmatic and it's like, it's so heavy. But that, yeah, that when sample... I discovered that I was blown the fuck away. Adrian, do you yeah. know the story behind that? Sample? I heard that from listening to Steve Reich. I was like, wait, why is Steve Reich using the, the fucking so, mad villain thing? Cause but I remember when I, I heard it, I was like, what did, what's he even saying? And then when you hear the whole story about it, it's, He's saying, let the blue, bruise 
blood come out to show them yeah where it's it's a recorded interview with this kid that was living in like the south i want to say and he got beaten in a jail cell and he had an internal bleeding and he felt like he was dying so he said like if only i could let the blood come out and show them they'll stop beating me and it's so crazy that they sample that just for like 10 seconds and then go into this crazy stoner song like that's just like the power of mad lib like his his incessant fucking crate digging just like i'm gonna yeah i'm gonna get sounds from everywhere like all music is dope like fucking i'm gonna stitch it all together he's a master i mean in terms of like all-time great crate diggers and samplers he's up there with dj shadow and other people and doom Doom himself even of people who find obscure weirdo you know novelty shit and flip it in such a genius way although that part that one wasn't novelty that one was kind of more deep than that and like you're saying but it's it's all on the funniest song on this record probably the weed song but it's this kind of this heavy thing but that's yeah that shows how genius madlib is that he's he pulls these deep references and flips and them probably, in a way because at the time he was probably like doom have you ever heard this steve reich song and they probably <laughs> just listened to it while smoking weed and like that's fucking heavy all I right. found a quote a about song this song. About smoking weed. <laughs> I found a quote from this about this song from Doom in an interview with Spin, and he can tell you what types of weed he was smoking that inspired <laughs> this song. He said Hell they yeah. had what they called the bubble gum at the time, but I think now that it's called Superman gum. or something, you know what they call it? Sour Diesel. It's the same strain. I think they changed the name up. It was it was off sour diesel on a blunt of that shit. And then I wrote this song. Yeah. There you go. That's all you need for inspo. The song's great, uh, man. Yeah. Can we hear uh, a little bit of that sample at the top? Yeah, yeah why don't you start, start off the sample and then go into one of the flows? And then also yeah. featuring Lord Quaz, Quaz. Yeah, that's what I wanted one to say too is you forget how fucking good of an MC Madlib is. And Quasimodo. especially as Quasimodo, as Quasimodo. Like his flows are like they're a little bit more stagnant, you know, they're that slower and it's like it's Caleb. less busy, but it's fucking he's incredibly talented that as well. Quasimodo is such a West Coast Southern California thing. Like I yeah. don't like I've met a lot of people out of like a lot of people don't know. Well, they know Quasimodo, but they don't like recognize it because that's like a barbecue banger, like you know. Yeah, totally. Like, such a California album, the unseen. Absolutely. Yeah. It's almost like an LA specific yeah. album in yeah. a way. All the homies like, fuck with that album too. Like it's oh it's, yeah, it's, it's really highly regarded. Also, I love the um the instrumentals disc that uh I think I don't know if it's the regular or the deluxe version, but the version I have has all the instrumentals and that shit's great to listen to just on its own, uh without the without the lyrics. But yeah, Lord Quaz. Uh so here we go. Here's a little bit of America's most blunted. All right, let's get to some of this first over here. The three minute mark is pretty good. Three minutes? All right. Yeah. 
It's the longest song on the album, I think. It's the second longest, but only just um, yeah, after it's, uh, Rhinestone it's Cowboy. Four yeah, I just love that part. It just shows like the chaos of that song. <laughs> Yeah, totally. It is. It's yeah. That song fucking rules, and it's like one of the most cleverly named like plays on words for a song title. <laughs> America's most wanted. That's like that's iconic from from the jump. Yeah. So that's a uh, that's what I got. Let's go, uh, Adrian. Hit the cipher. All right. Um. So this next one is one of my favorites. It's a little bit more. I wouldn't say low key, but it's a little bit more laid back than the others that we've just played. Uh, it's Raid. Um, oh, nice. I just think that his he has such a fucking great flow on this. The and then it on top of like the um, the the Madlib beat, like just there's some synergy going on here where it's just like the perfect balance of of kind of the jazzy weirdness of Madlib and then the that's esoteric weirdness of you know of doom and then you got med on here also as a guest verse that actually is pretty funny as well um it's just good it's just a great song i don't know what do you guys have any thoughts on raid uh this has my favorite verse on the album from uh mf doom uh yeah my favorite bar caleb and throw it on Oh no, I fucking love this song. And I love the yeah, the MED feature. It's good to have like, you know, three MCs up in there. He so. has one of the hardest lines that's probably not <laughs> take no like Kobe. Yeah. Yes. I, yes. That I, gave me I pause was gonna, the other day when I was walking to my car. I that one that line has always hit really hard, especially you know, even then it hit pretty hard. I mean, and that, that was what, like a year out that or maybe fresh. Like six months, yeah, that was six like months, six fresh. months after yeah. three months after maybe. I was like back um, in the day where you had to hold on to that and then be like, oh, I'm not going to be in the lab for another six months. So like you can just like put something on like Instagram or whatever. Yeah, but it, I mean, that line just shows that like the, 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 and this this whole song is full of lines, not necessarily that hit that hard, but it's just a it's just an all time banger. So, yeah, let's hear a yeah, little a bit clinic. of raid. Yeah. All right, well, there's some of the weirdness. Let's get to some of this first. Hold on. This album's cool because it only has two features, so it never like derails it with like too many features. It's got well, it has the two rappers, and then it has um a Stacy Epps who's a singer. Oh um, yeah, that song's dope, and she's great. Um, but yeah, I think you know that the I just love the kind of the the, the jazzy guitar, and you you know we heard that little weird garbled googly 
goopiness in the middle. But it's just yeah, Mad Lib is such a like literally like a like a mad scientist on these beats that it's just like he's throwing all these weird little snatches of things. They're like, yeah. what the fuck is that? And but it yeah. works. It fucking works. Um, and it it helps that you know he's he's building these on on kind of like this one's built on that the nice snatch of the jazzy guitar, which he can then kind of use as a canvas to make more weirdness over. But um, yeah, this song just hits really hard for me, and I fucking I've always loved it. So. Yeah, it has my favorite bar on there from MF Doom. It's the one where he says, uh, metal fellow been ripping flows since New York plates was ghetto yellow with broke brew, broke blue writing. This is too exciting. Folks leave out the show feeling truly enlightened. They say the villain been spitting enough lightning to rock shock the boogie down the Brighton. All right, then. I just love how he does that third person thing where it's like the villain been spitting enough lightning. Like it's great. Yeah. Where he's like as someone else commenting on himself. Yeah. On his own lore. Yeah. I mean, he definitely knew how to have a mythology of himself and like he knew how to build it like a comic book character. Like he just knew his, like the doom character, if you want to say so well that it just, it's yeah it's so fucking it it's so good and like it's so entertaining and in a way that like other artists i think would attempt this and be obnoxious or grating and be in the character i think it just fucking he is this this dude in a way uh that's so smooth and easy that it just fucking it it owns it rules nice yep um we still doing slappers. How many yeah. more should we do? So fun. Noah, do one more, and then we'll do a speed round. Well, we just like we'll just so you can do your next one, go into it, and then we'll just do a speed round each of us. First. All right, one I want to highlight. I think it's my favorite song on the album, Figaro. Oh hell yeah! Uh, I think it's a slapper song number fourteen. It's so dense. Um. It has just a couple highlight some of the verses. He says, you don't know your neck shine from Shinola. <laughs> he says, the stage is made of panties. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he shouts out Anita Baker and Anita Baker fucking slaps. Oh, hell yeah. But uh, yeah, Figaro. Nice. All right. Here's a, here's a little bit of Figaro. Shopper. Shot a cop day around the way about the stable. Who to know is too mold. I wonder where the shooter go. About to check, get him, not a bet, get him. Let him spit the venom, said him, got a lot of shit with him. Let the rhythm hit him. It's stronger than the other voice. We makes the joints that make him spread them. Butter moist, man, please. The stage made of panties. From the age of baby hoochies on to the grannies. Man, me the dough rake. Daddy, the flow rake of fatty He's like one of the few artists you listen to, you fucking laugh out loud, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. He's like a stand up comedian. He's like, like Red like Fox. An, or it's whatever. like an audio book, like <laughs> autobiography. It's, it's like, a, it's a true party album. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. It has that vibe. I also love that he drops like, uh, verse, he drops little snatches of other, uh, like uh languages too like here he sees he drops a little italian yeah. uh, like una dociano um oh, yeah. it's just una like dociano. his singing is dope he uses it sparingly but it's yeah dope. it's always it's always so funny and on point 
Like he has so many tricks in his back pocket that like, it's just man. And he pulls them all out on this record for sure. Nice. So here's how the speed round is going to work. You just say the name of the song. Adrian plays a little bit. Of, we'll go to the next person. All right. Why don't you start it off? All right. Strange ways. Classic. Can't reform them. There will be the chopped off heads of Leviathan. My friend, I call them strangers. Anybody talk to them end up in some danger. Can't reform them. I always get that part in the outro. He's like, I was feeling mighty blue. I always get that stuck in my <laughs> yeah. head. Um, but all right, Agent, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Put on that instrumental, Shadows of Tomorrow. Shout out Sun Ra. Shout out Space is the Place. Shout out Oakland. That movie's filmed in Oakland. Right down the street from my studio. The light of the past is the light which was. The wisdom of the past is the light of the past. The light of the future was the light which is to be. The wisdom of the future was the light of the future. See, that's dope because he's like doing like a kind of a satire of like woke, like spiritual rap or whatever. Yeah, but, yeah. It's, but it's all just kind of nonsensical. Yeah, well, he's quoting the the intro from the movie. Stresses oh, the plot. My bad. My bad. I guess it's just the the delivery. All right, Adrian, speed round. All right, my speed round curls. That's on my Compliments list. Well. The town Jula. Huh. Let's try and get something to eat. Then he turned four and started flowing to the poor. That's about when he first started going raw. Kept the draw in the drawer. A rhyming klepto who couldn't go up in the store no more. Life is like a folklore legend. Why you're so stiff, you need to smoke more brethren instead of trying to get... You just smoke more brethren. And he's like, 500 oh, yeah. something dollars just laying <laughs> in, in the street. The, street. Yeah. <laughs> the delivery so on that song, so good. His storytelling is like so short, but like he only needs to turn a couple sentences and you're like, oh yeah. Yeah, and it, and it paints a whole fucking picture. Painted the picture, yeah. yeah, for sure. I think that's why him and Ghostface are such a potent pairing is because they both do that so well. And like so where well. they uh, where they drop like four lines or four and a half lines and you get like a whole fucking novel Story, in it. Story, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, that was speed round. Um, I don't even want to dignify this podcast with the wax section. Um, that'd be a travesty <laughs> to even. Yeah, in my notes, I it was like that there's anything remotely whack on here. What's like wax is I not put, listening to this album over and over again. Yeah, it was like wax. I put fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> but uh, we should hear all caps because I think all yeah, caps is that, that like was on my breakout was, song a little bit. Kind of a def, a definition song in a way. Of, yeah, of it's a fucking he, it's a statement piece. Definitely. Here's a little all caps. Trick holds, trick holds a sick glow. Plus nobody couldn't do nothing once he let the brick go. And you know I know that's a bunch of snow. The beat is so butter. Peep the slow cutter as he uttered a calm flow. Don't talk about my mom, Joe. Sometimes you rhyme quick, sometimes you rhyme slow, or vice versa. Whip up a slice of nice verse pie. Hit it on the first try, villain. The worst guy spot hot tracks like spot a pair of fat asses. Shots of the scotch from out the square shot glasses. And he won't stop till he got the masses. Yeah. Just dope. I don't know about you guys. Genius. I don't know about you guys, but I definitely caught myself 
saying the lines without even thinking about it, just like oh, finishing yeah. it and just like literally it just pops out because I just love it so much. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah I think we covered it's, it's a quote it's a good. quotable classic. It's like a good movie. It's like how much in our lives we've quoted like fucking the Simpsons or Simpsons or River's Edge or whatever. Oh, we yeah, probably yeah, do yeah. it in the yeah. same oh, yeah. amount of volume volume with any MF Doom quotable. There has been like to- full nights of like hanging out with the homies or my brothers where it's just like, you know, beers flowing, tequila flowing, whiskey's flowing. And we will like, oh, f- the night will just evolve into three hours of quoting Doom and Wu Tang. <laughs> like, oh, and then there's this one. And then there's this one. And then, yeah. and then we only you talk didn't even mention Rhinestone Cowboy, which is just like his most, it's him at his. Par excellence. Well, we have but 40 AJ, minutes to that, kill. We that, have 40 minutes that. to kill before we get to three hours. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, Rhinestone Cowboy is interesting because they actually, that was the thing from the, the la- label. They're like, there's no finishing. There's no, like the song, this album doesn't end. Like it just, it just kind of, it's his it's most done. dense rhyme. Yeah. He goes off. I put, this was doom at the height of his powers for sure. Yeah, so like they the, the label's like, dude, you can't end it like this. You got to do another song. So they booked the studio, and the beat was already made, but they booked the studio and recorded it. And yeah, it's pretty fucking genius. You know what? Let's just hear a little bit, a little bit of that too. Fuck it. Why not? We owe it to Doom. Cowboy. No, 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 no. Goonie Google, Looney Cuckoo, like Eric Anu off Nuzu Review. But who knew the mask had a loose screw? Hell could hardly tell. Had to tighten it up like the Drells and Archie Bell. Ooh. Ooh, Archie it starts with like baby talk and then like it goes Google. into Archie well, that's, Bell. Uh... Gary Gnu from um, uh, what, what kids show is he from? I can't remember. And Goonie Google is an Eddie Murphy reference. There you go. But right there, in what like the space of three, three, three and a half lines, <laughs> yeah, just yeah, like it's, spits like these, it's just like marble mouth, and then it's just like goes into the just. Like, That's what uh, dope about Doom. He sounds like he's a little bit drunk, but like, <laughs> well, he might have been. I think he probably Nothing was. Wrong with but that. Like, <laughs> but like you loose. would hope. You ever get like saddle up to a bar and like some drunk guy next to you, the bar fly, they never have anything that great to say. And it's kind of obnoxious, but doom is like the best version of that. Yeah. Right? It's like, Oh shit. This guy's actually like spitting some this guy's super entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like a street poet. What, one it. other song I did want to call out um, is the is super villain theme. It's a, one of the instrumental ones, but it's one that I've always been. It's always been a favorite, and it, I always, I actually almost pitched it as the theme song for this show. Um, oh shit! But I have always loved this. It's kind of I forget. It, I saw a review that said it was like Castlevania meets you know Knight Rider or something like that, and I was like, that kind of fits the vibe of it. But uh, here's here's just a little bit of that. Welcome to Wacker Slaps. Where we look back in the annals of anal history. Is that how I sound? <laughs> all right. Well, like we said, we were all together skipping the wax section. Um, I'm not gonna no not, wax. No Adrian, wax. Do you have wax? <laughs> no wax. 
<laughs> All right, three for three on the no wax. If anybody has wax, keep it to yourself. Uh, you can go ahead and hit that unsubscribe button if you think anything's <laughs> whack about this off. You can go ahead and unfollow us, and you can go straight to fucking hell. Replace yourself with doom. All right. Yeah, let's go into our into our ratings. I will start it off. I don't even have to think about this. There's no fucking question. Easily 10.0. Solid did it done. If I could do an 11, I would. Wow. Strong. 10. I, I did an 11. My review goes to 11. <laughs> nice. <laughs> wow. Okay. I mean, it's a 10. I know I just gave out a 10 last week for MIA, but I mean, come on. Like, there's, if there ever was a 10 record, this is yeah. a fucking 10 record, it's a full right? 10. Here. It's yeah. this and broken social scene. <laughs> and MIA, apparently. Yeah, that's a 10. Yep. All right, we'll tabulate the. Well, tabs. that is put it in the, in the super villain computer, and that gives us our highest rating yet an improbable 10.3. <laughs> nice. Market. Oh, okay. So where does this uh square up with smooth? I mean, this is a weird conversation. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, I can't. Maybe we skipped that this week. <laughs> I, I would be. Just, you know what? No, I'm twisting I, my I think, brain a little bit. I think well, the I way that the way the way that I would see it is is letting Mad Lib remix remix it and then having Doom kick a new fresh verse over that. Well, I thought plans. I thought like when when you're done listening to this album, you only want to listen to this album again. So the smooth scale, you don't really want to listen to smooth after this album. But I was thinking, I was like, Carlos Santana, MF Doom could make a meal out of that that hmm. name and put yeah. it in a rhyme. I think that would be the best answer to the smooth scale is how Doom would work in a ref a mention of this song. I think it like might go a little something like this. <laughs> I put. Bar closed, damn it, don't panic. Got keys to the to the tequila like Carlos Santana. Oh nice. <laughs> bar closed, don't bar closed, don't panic. Got keys to tequila like Carlos Santana. <laughs> I wanna hit up the people who made the um the new Nirvana song and see if they can get us a new Doom song with that <laughs> yeah. line in it. Uh, please don't do that. Okay, we have a special <laughs> section uh, queued up for this, but uh, let's take a break first. We're cruising into the three hour really nice. We got more than enough time to spare. So yeah, let's take a break and we'll come back and we'll go over our um, our new section that we got just for this album. All right, uh, just for this episode, um, you know, Doom being just the master lyricist, uh, we we couldn't let it. And without us uh, just going over our favorite bars versus lines, what what have you from from this album? I mean, there is literally a million to choose from, but um, we all went through and just kind of highlighted some of our favorites. So let's go uh, let's go around the bar and uh, speak on it. Yeah, I think I already said mine with the the one the boogie down to Brighton line, but uh, one <laughs> a line that always runs in my head even though it's kind of a nasty line is the giving all the reckless naked girls necklaces of pearls compliments of the town jeweler <laughs> i just think that line is so nasty and good 
it's so filthy and was, so clever at the same time. Yeah, it's just like you can't help. You got to really think about it to know the sexual innuendo. But that's out. That's on my list. That's my. I did it. Uh, oh, I'll tell you guys how I did it later. But yeah, that was one of mine. <laughs> Adrian, that's a, that's a unfuckable. We'll pull on. Yeah. So I have a whole, I have a whole little verse here. But the the every, first every line. Let's just go through. Yeah, every line. We'll start with accordion. Um, but uh. So I have, like I said, I have a whole whole b- a verse, but the, the first line is the one that always gets me. Uh, it's from Meat Grinder. Um, and it, th- this is kind of one of the things that Doom does, does a lot of that's really fucking awesome is he'll do like sound effects or like little, he'll use these little things to, to kind of um, put a little sp- uh, spice on the on the the, the lyricist lyricism so on this one he he does uh he does kind of a spinning sound he's huck doing huck doing songs lit in the booth with the best host doing bong hits on the roof in the west coast coast baby and that one that one was always so evocative to me i mean first of all of course i was doing bong hits on on roofs in the west coast yeah but also I just it's read just an like, interview and he was talking about how he literally <laughs> was an inspiration for the song. He was right, like, exactly. they were in the Hollywood Hills and they were just like, it was a nice day out. So I went up there and took a bomb. <laughs> but totally. I mean, and that's why I love it so much because it does imitates evokes. art. Yeah. <laughs> and then art imitates life. But then, yeah. so that's why I love it so much is because it's so evocative of that moment of time of these two, these two cats coming together and, and fucking, having a good time and making this record yeah and he shouts um, out mad mad lib as the best host yeah, yeah exactly that's true but i i don't know did should i do the whole verse or should uh you want yeah to dude spit yours? spit it all right so the spit spit so he out. goes on he goes on he's uh he says he's at it again mad at the pen glad that we win a tad fat in a bad hat for men which is again genius. He's saying he's you know he's saying like he's not only is he crazy at the pen, but he's super good at the pen at writing. You know, glad that we win the tad fat. Like he's saying basically like we're slobby pieces of shit, but we still pull women. And then he continues grinding the cinnamon, Manhattan war mongers. You can find the villain in satin congas. <laughs> again, <laughs> delivery so good. The van screeches. The old man preaches about the gold sand beaches. The cold hand reaches for the old tan Elises. Elises. Jesus. What is, what is the leases? What is that? I don't know. I was trying to. Is so that you alcohol? Look on, I, that's what I thought at first. Like maybe like an old tan leases. Like maybe he's talking about the label of a beer or a bottle of booze. But then I saw someone on Genius was like, oh, I think he's referencing. He could. It could be a reference to. Uh, Alesis, the the company, the electronics company, who I think oh, built yeah. built drum machines and samplers. So, ah. so the way they broke it down was the old man preaches about gold sand beaches. That's doom, you know, kind of doing his spiels and going off. And then the cold hand reaches for the old tan Alesis is Madlib, you know, his, oh, yeah. the, the cold hand reaching for the the sampler. So. I like that. Yeah, I, I feel like, like those samplers were that color too, that kind of like darker that old school computer, yeah, yeah kind yeah. of tan vibe for sure. Totally. So I like that. I like that genius uh, interpretation. And the of it. and the way that he does just the visualizations, it 
sounds like uh are they called tiles in comics or whatever it sounds like the panels like the, the panel of a fucking really well-drawn comic like you could see the old man and like you know like a thought <laughs> yeah. bubble with like thinking For about sure. like a like a beach somewhere that's that thing like, that i was trying to say about like hemingway with the modernist style where it's like each sentence is like you can understand each sentence and then he just makes that a paragraph and then he makes that a a rap like you know it's like it's direct like it's not anybody can understand it but it's still dense and complicated and and smart yeah absolutely so for mine i went small medium and large because i couldn't just pick one um so for medium i'll start in the middle it was from curls but it's earlier in that where he says Villain get the money like curls. I don't know what that means. Villain get the money like curls. They're just trying to get a nut like squirrel in the mad world. Land of milk and honey with the swirls where reckless neck- naked girls get necklaces of pearls. pearls. Yeah, that's classic. Yeah, that's just fucking evocative. And then um, for my large one from Great Day is looks like it's going to be a great day today to make some fresh to get some fresh air like a stray on a straightaway hey you got a light nah a bud light early in the morning <laughs> face crud from like a mud fight looky here it's just the way the cookie tear prepare to get hurt and mangled like kurt angle rookie year that's just i don't know it's yeah. just non-sequitur that's one of his storytelling yeah <laughs> also that's one of his twisty like that that scheme. wino persona where it's like, like yeah. Richard Pryor, like the wine <laughs> mud bone style. Mud bone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then the the short one I had is just it's iconic and just says everything about him. And it like I don't is I don't know. It might be on his gravestone if he has one, but who can deny it? With the toothpick. No, oh my aching hands from raking in grands and breaking in mic stands. That's just fucking. Yeah, yeah. Shout out. That's, that's just the mic. That's rap. our older brother Isaac's favorite. Oh yeah, rap. I also think he likes the uh, the reckless necklace girls one. <laughs> yeah, I think he's classic. mentioned that. Yeah, yeah. So that's uh, those are my lines at the bar. I wrote this one in blood with a toothpick, but the blood was too thick. That's <laughs> <laughs> so good. <laughs> I think that one that line is on the um the cover as well if I'm if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah. All right. Well, yep. All right. Next. That was the, that was fun. Um I mean final thoughts. I think we said everything we want to say. Just all-time fucking classic and I'm really really glad to hear that we all just have such a deep connection with this album. We all we can all continue to share this through our through our old advanced age. So yeah. <laughs> beautiful beautiful conversation. Um, and it's this album is a beautiful conversation to have. So I, I highly recommend uh, anyone anytime checking this album out. Yep. Rest in peace. And uh, personal anecdotes. I once tried to get into the Stones Throw Bar in Highland Park in LA, but it was too packed. Hmm. Seemed like a cool bar though. They um, everything is in vinyl there. Their vinyl yeah. weighs a ton. My story with the Radiohead. I'm ashamed now thinking about. Because I went to the Coachella where MF Doom headlined, but at the same time, I was at the stage where the Pixies and Radiohead was playing, and you could hear 
in the background, you could hear MF Doom rocking the stage, like the second stage. And I was thinking back, I was like, I should have been at the MF Doom stage. I did go over there later and craft work. So it was, I was such a fool. I went with the Pixies and Radiohead. When meanwhile, on the other stage, it was MF Doom and then Kraftwerk played next. I would have totally now, I would have, I mean, the Pixies, man, whatever. Radiohead, whatever. I would have definitely, I think the music that stands the test of time is MF Doom and Kraftwerk. I should have been on the other stage. <laughs> to, to quote Bill Duke in Menace to Society, you done fucked up. You know that, right? Yeah, you know that, right? You know that, right? <laughs> You know that right shout out bill duke shout out bill duke all righty uh noah let's play a game all right real quick here i got i think we already mentioned him uh ghostface killer which uh he collaborated collaborated with doom a couple times but we never got the full ghost doom album but we did get a few tracks and Doom produced some tracks for Ghost. So I have some verses here, and you guys tell me, is it Ghostface, Killa, or is it MF Doom? Ooh, fun. I think it should be pretty easy, because they're similar in a lot of ways, but their their cadences are so distinct. But uh, all right, here we go. First verse. It can't be... From Yuhu to Lee's second grade, hump the teachers about to leave. Finally, this closed chapter comes to an end. He was announced, pronounced dead. Y'all at twelve ten. Is that Ghostface or Doom? I feel like that's a less crowded rhyme scheme and like construction. So I'm gonna say that's Ghostface. Yeah, it's, it's a little more wide. Face. It's a little more open. That is Ghostface. That's on Impossible from the Wu Tang Iron Flag, I think maybe. Mm-hmm. Okay, here we go. The motto goes: sex, drugs, and rock and roll. I prefer love, hugs, and hip hop soul. <laughs> That's a great message. Yeah. MF <sighs> or a ghost? I want to say it's ghost again, but it, I could be wrong on that. I'm going to say ghost. Caleb? I'm gonna, that has a, like a tinge of corniness, and I feel like Doom could be a little corny, but like, you know, self aware about it. So I'm going to go with Doom. Yeah, it's actually Zev Love X. Oh, oh okay. there you go. That makes, that makes a lot more sense. Figure of speech off of the. Um, Mr. Hood album. Great album. All right, here we go. Scared of a bunch of water, then get out the rain. Order a wrapper for lunch, spit out the chain. Doom. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go, oh, water and the ghost face. Ghost face is a lot of water imagery. Um, yeah, I'm going to go ghost. It is doom. Adrian, do you remember oh. which Doom that's on? No, but I know the I know the song. I just can't I can't place it at the moment. It's Danger Doom, So fucking Ah, there you go. Thought we weren't going to be talking about Danger Mouse anymore. Yeah. <laughs> He's haunting this fucking podcast. We've been over this, guys. 
everywhere. I wonder if that album holds up at all. I mean, it's. I mean, it has Ghostface. I bet the raps do, but yeah. Oh right, yeah. It has the Ghostface song on it. I'm sure it's good. I guess. All right here we go. I would probably it's like second tier though. You know, maybe. This one's pretty funny. You gain crazy points, baby. Just being with God taught you how to eat the right foods fast and don't eat lard. You gain crazy points. He's talking about like Jenny Jones, like the points or Jenny Craig. Jenny Craig, (laughs) yeah, points. You gain crazy um, points. That's ghost. Yeah, that's ghost. (laughs) That don't eat lard. It's like the the five percenters, like the Muslim thing. So yeah. That's that was from ghost. Wild Wildflower. Yeah, I thought that would throw you. I thought maybe you thought it would be from MF Food. Oh yeah, that's good. Okay. Good thinking. Actually, they both rhyme about food fairly often. Oh yeah, all the time. They both like food. Uh, here we go. My throwing, raps like ziti. Yeah. <laughs> throwing bread to pigeons. Christ has risen. <laughs> Oh shit! It could be that could go either way. Yeah, it really could go either way. I'm gonna say Doom just because I've been or, guessing Ghost. Yeah, I'm gonna go Doom too. That's actually from a classic Ghostface line. That's from Investigative Reports. Ah oh, shit! shit. A, that's yeah. just oh, I yeah. kind of tricked you because <laughs> I his the bars are so dense on that one. That's just like a snippet. Just of, a little, yeah, yeah. Throwing bread to pigeons across his That's the one where he goes like, "Keep your eye on the sparrow." Oh yeah. So yeah he's right. like, "Why is water wet? Why did Jesus like? <laughs> why did Jesus, Jesus wrap the Romans while well, Jesus, <laughs> Jesus slept?" slept. Yeah. yeah. Fuck, I'm gonna look. Fuck, I should have known right that one. This. It's one of my favorite. Uh, <laughs> it's one of my favorite verses, man. Yeah. Okay, this is a classic for me. But you guys will probably get this one. Only in America could you make a healthy buck. And still keep your attitude on self-destruct. Fuck yeah. That is Doom. I'm going to guess Doom. Do you know what song? Yeah. Because he did the thing where he said, keep your mind on self-destruct. He would like, he would yeah, use he a phrase, but he wouldn't, but he wouldn't know, but he would, if it's self-destruction would be like the proper grammatical way. Right. But he would just say self-destruct. He kind of like truncate the word or like intentionally use the incorrect word or yeah. such as it is. You know, is that, I mean, that, that's definitely on operation doomsday, but I can't yeah. recall the song. It's like, is it operation the, most, Do- the most famous one rhymes like dimes. Yeah. 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 Well that, that, and Hey, I think those two songs, I think, if you know that's Doom. so good i mean look look what he's talking about only in america can you make a healthy buck so he's like he's talking about like the american capitalism but still keep your attitude on self-destruct it's just like hopeless capitalist crap. <laughs> two lines and he he nailed <laughs> yeah. the country yeah yeah <laughs> right, here's a cool one um Voice be mellow like Von Harper, Radio Barber, Murder Sleepaway Camp, The Fly Lady Champ. Is that Ghost Doom a made-up rapper? No. <laughs> no. Is that Ghostface? That's Ghost. <laughs> yeah. Another classic song. That's on Daytona 500. Voice be mellow Nautilus, like Von Harper, uh, Radio too. Barber, Murder Sleepaway Camp, The Fly Lady Champ. He's all rapping all fast. 
All right, here we go. They sucked us in, king and country, Christ Almighty, and the rest, patriotism, democracy, honor, words and phrases. They either bitched or killed us. Damn, that's heavy. That sounds like Ghostface. Yeah, I'm kind of having that as well. That kind of exasperated Tony gets and kind of going, like you said, like going fast on doing that. That's heavy, well, like Hemingway. That was Ernest Hemingway from uh, To Good Guys. Uh, I think it's called Two Good Guys Dead. Is that name of the poem? They oh, the so you're like a Hemingway guy now, King right? country, Christ tr- Almighty, and the man? rest, patriotism, <laughs> democracy, hungry words. I'm a fan of his hunting only. I just love <laughs> the pictures of his fish that he caught. I'm a fan of his daiquiri. His, I just like his, his cats. Choice. That's all I like. Yeah. yeah good cat. Good cat, daddy. That would be an MF Doom line. Like Hemingway cats in Key West. <laughs> <Ow>. yeah. <laughs> Having the best sex. <laughs> Smoking cess. Six a six-toed cat out in Key West. Hemingway. <laughs> He's the best. Death in all the right. afternoon. The doom. Was that the last one, though? That was it. That was another half. That's a, that was a fun game. Sorry, guys. Yeah, no. I guess you couldn't. Well. Was... I guess you couldn't pull the ghost thing today because because uh, ghosts is ghost yeah, in it. Set yourself up for it. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. You're gonna like. I was like, what would a rhyme Noah would make up? And he'd be like, oh, it's both. It's a speculative well, like the... fiction. Yeah. Oh, the Hemingway, the one you just dropped. That's a good bar, dude. You should expand on that. Bar closed, Don't panic. Got keys tequila like Carlos Santana. (laughs) (laughs) See, that's a oh, that's a classic. All right, well, uh, that that wraps it up. We didn't quite get to the three-hour mark, but we'll just do. um, (laughs) We'll edit. We're actually gonna. The only editing we're gonna do, we're gonna edit in more, so we get to three hours. So Adrian, play just like a little cut for the next eight minutes or so. Whenever we wrap this up, of just like metal machine music or something, <laughs> give the people what they want. Um, uh, but yeah, DMX. thank you. This was. We have a DMX update. Oh, sadly, let's uh, let's get to do. Let's do. We're gonna we're doing this live. DMX update. Still Prayer alive. Vigil head as rapper. He remains hospitalized. Prayers out for him, everyone. All right. What's, what are we doing next week, right. Caleb? Well, next week, we, uh, in celebration of our uh, 10th episode, we did it, baby. Um, we're covering an album that uh, that few bands achieve, and that's a 10.0 rating. 10.0, 10th episode. <laughs> um yeah, we're gonna be scanning uh, source tags and codes by uh, anyone know us by the Trail of Dead. So uh, I believe that was one of their earlier 10.0 albums um, that they did. That I'm coming out in 2001. And you that know us right. by the so that was a, Dead. Yeah. So yeah, that was early on in the in the days. So yeah, um, give that album a listen. It's fucking really good. I think we're gonna have a guest too. Uh, we haven't told him, but Nat, if you're hearing this. <laughs> You're on next week's episode, buddy. <laughs> this is a formal invitation. None of this call-in bullshit voicemails. You're gonna you're gonna be one of the squares on the fucking Zoom. We, we will do it A-game. live. 
we're gonna fucking do it live we're gonna go over this album we're gonna talk about all the tequila filled nights listen to this album on youtube all that good shit so <laughs> we're coming for you buddy we'll see you next week and um as always thank you to kiki pedophore of horrible kiki pedophore on taveros that is of horrible adorable for our slapping theme song that uh, graces your, everyone's ears week to week thank you adrian for all your great production work you're a true pro Noah, thank you for keeping things light and doing all the bits and all your deep knowledge, especially uh, of this album. That's I'm awesome. Good. I love uh, you, brother. Rest in peace. Yeah. R.I.P. R- R- Doom. R.I.P. Um, check out our website. <laughs> uh, check out our uh, website, wackerslaps.com. Make sure you follow us on all the socials at whack or slaps. You can give us an email at wackerslaps at gmail. That was kind of like a rhyme. That's like a doom rhyme. Rhyme email with email. <laughs> email with Gmail. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. And uh, all right. Uh, still not at the three-hour mark. We're going to have to just leave it at this. So for Noah and Adrian, I'm Caleb, and this has been Wacker Slaps. And as always, we ask, what made Milwaukee famous? Hit the music. Bye. We're out of here.